Just before we begin, a quick note that we've changed hosts and so have a new subscription feed. Some apps update automatically, but if yours hasn't or you want to be sure, you can just search us up in your podcatcher or pop over to our new website at anchor.fm slash podploitation. So welcome to Podsploitation, the Ozploitation podcast. And this month we're talking about number 96. And who are we? Who the they hell are you? They did a movie. Who are you, Callum? I don't know who I am. Daria, do you know who Callum is? Still no. November? Do you have any idea who I might be? I think I'm November who knows that you're Callum and you're Daria. Oh. I will agree with this. I Excellent. will go with that. <laughs> That's sort of that after 26 years. <laughs> Oh, I should have said Daria slash Ratty because you are the same person and we use them interchangeably. And still not the worst introduction of the presenters of a podcast of all the podcasts that I listen to. So <laughs> true. fucking winning. It was a little bit Cody Johnston, to be honest. It was a little touch. I was noticing bouncing names. On the first few, just by coincidence, you're referring to me, the presenter, as Daria and me, the editor, as Ratty. Yeah, so same it's possible person. They think oh. there's some other person who edits things. You're t- oh, what's the name when directors disassociate themselves from films? Shame. Uh, Alan Smithy? Alan Smithy, that's the one. Oh, Alan right. Smithy, yes. Maybe Ratty is Alan Smithy. Yeah, except they're not allowed Ooh. to do that anymore. Oh, really? Did the real uh, Alan Smithy complain? You basically have to own it. Yeah, well, there's new stock pseudonyms, but now everyone knows that Alan Smithy... Means means someone done fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, have, why haven't they just changed it to a female name, which is Alice Mithy? <laughs> I think that's great. See, I just think that's the sexism rampant in the industry, that ah. they haven't thought to do that. So it, from now on, Alice Mithy. Alice yeah. Mithy. The DJ or whoever realised that now the public will see Alice Mithy on a movie go, oh, someone screwed it up, I'm not going to go see it. Yeah, yeah. true that. Oh, but I mean, hell, given us and our fan base, I would pretty much guarantee that if this was an Alan Smithy movie, people would be lining up around I need to watch this train wreck I need to sit back and see oh, it all happen is there anything on the tombola of movie goodness that's an Alice Smithy <laughs> I think we covered one in which the director changed well, their name was that the that- Houseboat Horror did Hasbro Horror do that? No, because, well, they misspelt his name. Yeah. But they That's still... pretty exceptional to begin with. <laughs> well, but they used the right one. Yeah, but I think he pretty much accepted that it was just a money-making exercise as basically just an extended video, wasn't it? Unlike this, yeah, which unlike brought this... a television show from black and white into colour. And, yeah. I mean, we've done a couple of the big ones. We've certainly done Razorback and we've done The Cars at Day Paris, but this is a real anchor point in exploitation. This is a big one for reasons which are. Uh... I'm just going to get this out of the way at the start. Callum, do you agree that this is exploitation? Because you don't okay. usually. <laughs> All right. If this was a movie on its own, then no. Because if you look at what it is, it's all Australian actors. It's all... If this was honestly a standalone, and there are genuinely two ways to watch this movie, which is just as There's a standalone There's full frontal noodlety, though, and right. Noodlety. Noodlety. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an incredibly discriminating commentary on the size of their penis. And, um, <laughs> oh. Sorry. And in actual fact, and this course, is my first glass of wine. This is going to go well. In fact, it wasn't the guys that, that got the full frontal nudity in this well, one. Well, it isn't usually, the... is it? No, of course, of course not. One of the things I'll actually give shout-outs to all things Westworld, who specifically made a yes. point of getting a particular male act, uh, actively naked in as uncomfortable appearance as it would appear to be for someone who was a male actor because it was done as a, no, 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 you don't get to do that. You don't get to pretend that you're naked in... from the waist down. Westworld, they had all the people that were... 
and they were just standing rows and rows of completely naked. Yeah, but this is the producer of Westworld, the British guy with all the big ideas. He actually, right at the very end of the first season, he gets nuded up and the actress doesn't let him not drop everything. And I don't know how much of it was conscious and how much of it wasn't, but they really did seem to make like, no, 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 girls get naked all the time. You don't get to keep your drawers. And he was a character who up until that point... We are not going to make a feminist point with that TV show. (laughs) Though the last time we saw Cock and Balls in the movie, we were actually genuinely impressed with what they did back in Wake and Fright. Yeah. When the guy was completely distraught after he'd lost all his money. Oh, yeah. He he was fuck naked. And we actually said, as genuine artistic appreciation, this wouldn't have been as effective if he was still wearing his shorts or whatever. No, that's right. I mean, it was only a few seconds, but it was a genuine... uh, Oh, the things we focus on. So this movie. This movie, sorry. Is the first movie we've watched that had a cookbook. Yes. Oh my god. All right. Sorry. Very quickly. So I just okay, want to, yes, finish to answer your question. Oh, oh god. Still. <laughs> I it thought was it was going to be a long one. If this was a movie, I would say no. For everything that it represented with that kind of awakening, absolutely exploitation. Because of what exploitation was with the you now have the R rating. Admittedly, this movie was. Oh, well, I just don't know the, what the rating was on I, this. I think it was and, M on its own. I yeah. assume so. But also, it was the awakening of people through the series. And this is the thing. So number 96 is a movie, you have to appreciate it with the greater understanding of where it stood in the first real soap opera that Australia had kind of cranked out of that runtime and they deliberately wanted to go harder. So yeah, to answer your question, totally comfortable. And they, this is they could go harder because they didn't have to go with television's rules, this was going to the cinema. Yeah. So, so to start and, with, number oh, 96 was... 30-minute episodes on television each weeknight, I believe, and then it went to one-hour-long episodes twice a week. And it was initially 8.30 at night, so we have what they call the watershed, which is now 9pm, I think, in Australia now. It's graded. There are things you can show before and after certain different. Yeah. Okay. They didn't really have that back then. They just simply, at 8.30, most kids were in bed, so let's just push ourselves a little bit. But then you can always see TNA on SBS. Oh, yeah, but that's what SBS is now. Sex Before Sleep. (laughs) I've never heard it called that. Have you not? Oh, God, that's what everyone called it when I... Oh, God, really? Yeah. Ours was Sex and Bloody Soccer. Sex and Bloody Soccer. Oh, God. I love it. The number of times as a kid I would turn on hoping to see TNA and I would just get soccer. Not the balls you were looking for. Not the balls I was looking for. So, uh, in 1975, there was a number 96 cookbook published in the Family Circle magazine. Did it involve a lot of, like, sus recipes that were a little bit suggestive? I imagine, I don't know, but I imagine it's quite awful. Just thinking about Australian cuisine back then, it's not like this show was breaking down culinary boundaries. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I didn't see many... From a modern point of view, there's a lot of strange stereotypes left intact by this show in this movie. Oh, God, yeah. Except, I mean, 1974, and they respect the gay men. I mean, yes, we call them fairy and various Mm. other stuff, but But it's known that if they say that, it's... Also, the one who does call them fairy and stuff, she is... She's the bad guy. She's the bitch. Yeah, 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 that's true. And that was interesting because she's also the one... It's the only reference we have to Aboriginals. Oh, oh. We all feel as deeply as you do about Aboriginals. Just so long as they don't move into Point Piper. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing you have to understand. So if you literally are just going in and get number 96, the movie, and you watch it, a lot of it's, I won't say it won't make sense. There was nothing that was impenetrable in this. 
but you've got a year and a half of the TV series before and then I think another two years of the TV series afterwards. Well, it started March 72, ended, I think, October 77. Okay. And oh, this wow. movie okay. was made so... over the Christmas holidays of 74. Yep. Now, one thing I was going to ask is, is this the transition to colour? Yes. This mo- right, so it was black and white episodes up till now. Yeah. Then you watch the movie and then you go to colour. Okay. No, they cool. would have been in black and white on TV for a while yet because yeah, it's only 1974. Well, that's what I was we wondering. Did... Oh, we right. didn't physically have colour televisions, but... It was in colour. Although we had Pie Television, P-Y-E. There's um, an advert for television, and I'd forgotten Pie as a brand. But, yeah, that was so realistic that people will punch you for it. Okay. Mm. Interesting slogan. Oh, no, it was actually about a cowboy fight that somebody's watching in a bar that then sort of happens in the real world, which is a technique that's been used advertising televisions to this day. Yeah. That it's all real in front of you. Yeah. Uh, but that was from the, the, the series. But, yeah, so it can't... I don't think you'll get full appreciation of this movie in a vacuum. You have I to feel I need to apologise. Like we've always said, people who do a discussion on a movie without having read the book, we're doing this. I mean, you and I haven't seen this series, Callum. No. Had you, Dario? I watched the movie Raw, as it were. Mm. Yeah. I knew it was a series and I was mm. aware yeah. of it. But when I watched the movie, I hadn't actually watched any of the series. Then I did some more research and part of that was watching the first episode or what remains of it of the series. That's mm. on YouTube. So just fire up number 96, episode one, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. And... That gave me a bit more context, but it was more... Most of the context was, oh, I see that character's not around anymore. Oh, I see that character does remain. Yeah. Yeah, I think for the film they brought back some characters that had left. Yeah, and in fact they actually got a couple of actors who then came on to play different characters in the series again. So the the main big bad, and like any soap opera, you've got about three or four different plots running through this film. The main big bad, which we'll get to later on, came back as a different character for about seven episodes. So I'm kind of curious about how that coloured who they were or what they were. And and that was the thing, as I was watching this, I'm like, oh, I want to see where this character came from. I want to see what happened with this actor. I want to kind of get all of that and you know short of sitting down and watching the entire extant series because you know a lot of them are lost you, you never i don't know about you two but i found this movie hard to watch so we'd been out at friend's place had a delightful evening and like okay you two watch this film and i settled in it's like 11 30 at night i press play and so it's like midday yes J- my midday fuck noon. off <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously, yeah, you, you're a night owl. I'm I am, respect. that's right. Then, so in the first two minutes we have a gang rape scene, yeah. and so I nearly switched it off then. Mm. And then we go to this character that has the most annoying voice, and she is basically Mrs. Malaprop. I'm just like, oh, this is going to be a tough slip. Yeah, I actually wrote down tone shift much in my notes for the opening <laughs> sequence because the very opening sequence starts with a car on a road. Yes. And the music is plinky, 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 really lighthearted, even up to the point when the bikies arrive. And I was like, wow. And I actually was starting to write the note, isn't it weird how music, and I've said this before and I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. how music can inform a scene. Imagine if this was, you know, dark, gritty music. Yeah. But this seems to be some nice, you know, she's going to 996. Uh, gang rape. Holy well, shit, yeah, because, when did we hit Mad Max? So Vera breaks down the middle of the road and she is incredibly happy to see a bunch of bikies who come up and she's yeah. like, oh, thank goodness. Do you know anything about cars? And then that's, mm. yeah. And interestingly, that's when the music changes. Of so there's like is. no hint up to that point. Then the rape scene happens. And in that way, which is very similar to Clockwork Orange, because of how it's filmed and because you get a feeling that is, it's, it's not as stylized because it was a longer time ago and the, the cameras are more basic and the, the footage is more basic and the acting is more basic. It just feels more realistic. It feels right. less like they've 
carefully crafted a scene with the right blocking and the right whatever, oh, okay. and is just simply people raping. So it feels some... like it's a television. There was a lot of rape and gang rape in the television series. Yeah, apparently so. The Godolphus's daughter. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently, and Elaine Lee makes this pretty clear on the commentary. And... <laughs> It's, she almost has a running gag of it. Apparently, Vera getting raped is just a thing that happens to Vera. Yeah, oh uh, including by her husband. So we actually did have a discussion about marital rape in the 70s. Yeah, to a certain extent, you know, love Tom Oliver and all that, there's almost date rape until you realise that Jack Sellers, Diane Moore, the air hostess, is bad. He comes on hardcore strong Yeah, and does a lot of that pushing. Oh, well, he's not going to pop my cork, that's for sure. What? Y- yeah. That, that's not an expression, oh surely. God. And also that, oh, I'm not going home. I'm making sure you're getting your eight hours, so come on, open the pearly gates. That is what we now recognise as rape. That's now mm. that weird situation where you haven't got consent, but you push just that little bit harder and it's easier for the the uninterested person to let it all happen and get it yeah. over with. Yeah, right. Internship. She's basically raping by deception. Yeah, and that's it's all thing, kind of messed up. Should I attempt to give a bit of a rundown mm. of the mini plot? Yeah. What if we go through each plot separately rather than try to jump back and forth like it did? Okay. Okay, sure. All right, so let's let's kick off with plot number one. Well, that's going to be Vera. The rape. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so go. So that horrendous episode happens to Vera. Then she is recuperating at the house of her friend... The friend Maggie? No, who's the friend? Claire. Friend Claire. Vera is a designer and it's like, we need you to design new things, but no rush, recuperate first. Then, so I'm just doing her thing. She goes on a date with... Uh, with Nicholas Brent? No, Nicholas Brent, that's not the gay guy I was thinking of. Goes oh, on oh. a date with Simon. Yes, Simon Carr. Okay, no, actually, you're right. First, she does go on a date with Nicholas Brent, and that's going really well. But she's like, no, I can't commit to this, can't do serious. Mm-hmm. Then she goes on a date with Simon Carr. They end up in bed. Mm-hmm. He is unable to perform, so to speak, and then tells us that he's never been to bed with anyone before. And man or woman. That and he he's specifies gay. man or woman. Well, no, he doesn't say that he's gay. He says he's homosexual. Did he? Yeah. I missed it. I genuinely The next morning. It, it, it when they're having the stages. S- he, he doesn't blurt out as soon as he can't get it up. I must be homosexual. Oh, okay, It's right. the next day when they're having yeah. a cigarette in bed. We're moving oh, through. he's struggling with the sexuality. Sorry, yes. Because he said that, you know, you're the first person I've been to bed with, man or woman. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. Because he was already being a bit gay-coded, I noticed that. Mm. Uh, Even though apparently he's been in the series before and wasn't gay-coded then. Okay. So this is a cross-plot? Yes. Well, are they all? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So so, so back on Vera. So back to Vera. Vera does indeed fall in love with Nicholas Brent, Nick, who's a politician. And looks like John DeLorean. And looks looks like John DeLorean. DeLorean. Look up John DeLorean. The silver fox hair, the big black eyebrows, almost the jaw. It's incredible. Anyway, yes. Don't you fancy the idea of being married to a possible future Prime Minister? No. What chance would Nick have of that of me as a wife? With my background. Oh, spare me the tainted woman bit, darling. I mean, in this day and age, nothing has changed. Politics is a dirty business, as you well know. But Nick isn't that kind of political animal, Vera. He'll give as good as he gets. He wouldn't have the chance, not with me. In the first place, my great-great-grandfather was black. So you told me I've been a prostitute, and I've been involved, however innocently, with a mafia. That's three things for a start. And you were nearly involved with Simon Carr. That makes four. Vera is afraid that she and Nick can't be together Mm -hmm. because of her past 
relationships, rape, gang rape, and her great-grandfather was black. Yeah, and mafia involvement too, which I'm curious if there were subplots in yeah, the previous that's series. Right. Yeah, no, she had a, one of her rapes was a mafia dude. It was her step stepfather. No, stepfather. Mm. Yeah, according to the commentary, he must have basically come from South Africa, raped her, and then got on the first flight back. Oh, Jesus. Y- yeah. That's just actually what they say on the very commentary. Very messed up. Jesus. And it's worth noting here, because I did pick it up from the commentary, a lot of what she says there is not from the series. I was curious. It's them sort of piling on reasons here. I mean, she has been raped several times before, as tends to happen to the character. Mm, yes. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Daria. She has been raped several times in the series, which mm. does tend to happen to the character. And apparently the great-grandfather thing was brought up before, but the stuff about mafia and sex work was all just created. I didn't realise she was a sex worker. Yeah, yeah she said oh, she was a prostitute. Was, yeah. she? She, she actually oh, said, right. I am a prostitute. I was a... And I had like, what was the line from the mafia? It was like, and I had dealings, however, sort of off to the side with the mafia. So Vera and Nicholas... Do fall in love. Nicholas is very into the concept of them being together, being married. Then Vera meets Nicholas's son, who was the lead bikey in the gang rape. She pulls back from Nicholas, won't take his calls, whatever. The son overhears that one excuse for not seeing Nick is she'll be at a party at this location. The son goes there and tries to kill her. Oh, he tries to kill her one time beforehand. He well, goes he, to her he, place. He threatens to, yeah, he threatens to silence her in the with, apartment. It's never with a pair clear. Of scissors. Yeah, it's never clear if he's going to basically do her there. Well, and then. he's holding sharp, pointy objects. Yeah, and then so he goes to the party, calls her outside, and tries to run him over with the car. Yeah, because my dad will have so much less scandal on his career if his son and kills his girlfriend. And not someone. a rapist, yeah. yes. Mind you, the police force isn't great. This is the police force that allows the um, Oh, the, the emergency the signal was engaged for how long? Mm. And it when was there's the police... a fire right at the start. And it's the police force that allows the landlord of the building to run into an apartment before the actual police force there to stop a murder. But that's a separate little Oh, story yeah, line. that's a really good point, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> the police were already in there. Maybe everyone was already in there, but secreted, like at a surprise party. And they were slower than the slightly tubby Tom Oliver running to the girl on the balcony? I guess they did. Yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> anyway, different Alright, so are we happy with that? That's Vera done? Uh, yeah, and at the very end, well oh. she actually ties up the very end, so she sees the bookends she on the movie. She is the, the literal happily ever after. Mm. In fact, it uh, reminded the, me Oh, what the hell, let's have a happy ending. Of all things, it reminded me of um, Can I just say, where oh, she's sorry. married now to Nick and he's Prime Minister. Sorry, yes. Callum, please. No, no, I was going to say, that, ah, uh, screw it, let's have a happy ending. It reminded me of two Did you laugh out loud? I, I did and it reminded me of two comedy films. It reminded me of Clue, which is that oh, this is what really happened. Time. Yeah. And it also reminded me of Hercules Returns where oh, they're going through the very yes. end and there's like and everybody was happy. No, wait a minute. Everybody it was, was fine. fine. And it's Finney. Because it's an Italian muscle man movie. And um, Finney means Bravo. So that's plot the first. Shall I crank out plot the second? Go for it. Alright, so let me see. So plot the second, and I would call this one the comedy plot, the lighthearted plot, is that we have Dory Evans and Herb Evans partners and Flo Patterson who lives in their apartment? Uh, yes, she lives there because... In the spare room. Oh, you've got the details on this. This came from the TV show, but she lives there because her place burnt down at oh something street. I can't, can't 
can't find it, I'm sorry. But yeah, her place burnt down. So oh. she lives there because she just turned up. It was just her in her bathroom with a shower cap and her budgie in a cage. That's everything oh, she right. owned. So this was Paradise Street. Paradise that Street, that's it. Oh my yes. God, I caught a reference and didn't know what it was. And right. here it is, right flip in front of me. So here, here are our, to a certain extent, comic relief. And these were characters that were there more or less from the start right to the very this end. This is Mrs. Malaprop with an incredibly annoying voice. Yes, and you have three of the Beryl characters. I want to be away. There was a Beryl. well, Beryl was this name of a particular generation in Australia, and they were careful. That's my mum's twin sister. And but it go was on. I have an I had an auntie Beryl too, <laughs> but they were the <laughs> you they all were got the auntie Beryl. We all yes. have an auntie Beryl. That's the I, thing. I don't know more. Yeah, Uncle Kevin and in auntie fact, Beryl. I do as well. Now think about it. No hey, way! Holy shit, Auntie oh Beryl. God. It's 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 okay. a name that is absolutely. Jump on Twitter. Tell us if you have an Auntie Beryl. I'm dying to know now. How many people have it? And how many people have an Auntie Beryl? That... Fuck, we're not all three related, are we? Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> well, mine's a great oh Auntie Beryl. You will be lovely people. Mine was. Well, mine was an Auntie Beryl as not a, a real family auntie, extension. No, that was a thing. It was a family extension, but we called them Auntie. Does that, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. Auntie and Uncle, whoever, whomever. So here we have the kind of, to a certain extent, the core group of the series. And in actual fact, when you watch the final episode, which as I said is literally just like this extended curtain call she actually gets one of the biggest sort of rounds of applause, so Dory, Pat McDonald, was uh, an absolute mainstay, and you have the cliche well, She anyway. was the nosy neighbour She's the nosy neighbour, in neighbor. everyone's business Oh, like the sequence where they barrel upstairs and the three of them run into the apartment like the Keystone Cops through the front door which is just so cheesy so we the have, three of them being just sorry, uh, sorry Dory, Dory, Herb, and Flo. There we go. Yeah, well, yeah. Dory and Herb, in a way, were there since before the start of the series because really? they were living in the house that, in story, was there before they built the apartment block on it. Oh, so they stayed on or really moved up, moved back again. Nice, and that's why I'd love to picture the whole place was just built around them and they didn't have to do. I anything. was thinking video game style. It's yeah, yeah, like yeah. two NPCs that are in the middle, and you kind of yes. pull out the yep. the house, put it in an apartment, <laughs> and they just sort of take up a, a residence. Well, Dory seems to kind of regard it like that. That's why she regards herself as the concierge, the concierge. But she wasn't the only one who pronounced it that way. I'm just wondering if mm. that's what Australians said in 1974. Well, she was jokingly the one who was mispronouncing every oh, other she, word yes. thing. The other person who said it was referring to her and in the subtitles it had big oh, quotes around right. it. Mm. Oh, you're so right, yes. But she is to a particular generation of Australians what the wife in Faulty Towers is, I think, a particular Sybil. generation. Yeah, so she is the Australian Or Mrs. Mrs. Mangle and Neighbours. I'm trying yes, to think of an American... Country practice. Oh, yes. To... Would there be an American counterpart? There probably is, but I don't know nothing about American yeah, sex. Yeah, I'm trying to... Yeah, because we era. can give the Brits. Yeah, so Sybil Faulty. If you're if you're British and listen to this, or you're familiar well, with, well, no, because Sybil, no, I Sybil was smart. Oh no, 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 I'm not saying she's not smart. I'm saying, but she's a very specific type of a. Oh, okay, all right. She's, you know, so Sybil's the golfer and the you know the loveless wife who just is enjoying life independent of the husband that provides Despite money. Despite being married to the exactly. husband, exactly. And Dory's the Australian lawn bowls. You can imagine her as the CWA, you know, baking cakes and so go on with the plot. with Dory's plot. Okay, so Dory, who is the one who has very specific kind of ideals, she's almost a hyacinth bouquet in a realm as well. Yeah, that's better. Actually, yeah, that works. That's good. She is dealing with Herb, her husband. Learns completely coincidentally that it is coming up to her ruby wedding anniversary by listening into the radio. She and Flo have got a sort of a sub. You just made it more confusing than I if did. you hadn't explained it. Yeah. <laughs> 
So she and Flo have got a little subplot going where they're both trying to become the stand-in captain for the, the women's, women's lawn bowls. But she learns that she's got her well, ruby... Well, the uh, captain goes on holiday. Yes. So she learns that she's got a ruby wedding anniversary coming up and she demands that an event be organised and Herb and her begin to go off and plan their own ones. And then at the same time, through an argument she has with Flo, she discovers that apparently she's not married to Herb of 40 years, but is in fact married to the person who turned up to be the witness... The um, best man. Because, because they signed they... on the wrong spot. Yes, yeah, I did the, And the, the witness was like this last minute run around, grab someone because the main one was gone. Well, no, he says he knew him before. He's just lost contact in the 40 yeah. years since. Yes. Uh, and it was like a, but that... he was a stand-in though because the original best man got, got a, a stomach Oh, a you're stomach right. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah but I, th- I, I don't think they grabbed him off the street. I think <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. So she suddenly discovers in this wacky hijinks that would have been a sitcom plot that she's supposedly not married. Well, um, she decides that... That that piece of paper means that she's married to just married to the best man, Horace. Or the, the witness, Horace. yes, Horace, the, the, that's the right. best man, the, rather than her husband. Don't have up on our board of amazingness, which needs to be about twice as long as this. Yeah. It needs to be like that goddamn monolith out of two thousand. We need to share a photo of his points. <laughs> so she suddenly becomes convinced that she's no longer married to Herb, and she's been married to someone else. That her daughter is a can't even bring myself to say it. And that she then needs to find this guy. So they put an ad in the paper. He turns up and turns out to be a classic bloody handicapped drunk. Homeless and drinking methyl- a, um, a bottle of methylated spirits a day. She invites Ouch. him into their home. So how he's lasted the... 40 years, I don't oh, know. It's oh, my liver hurts at the with concept his, With his that. vision, at least. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so they invite her into the home. There's a near creepy rape scene, which is... I well, there's certainly the sexual time. assault with Dory and Taurus. Well, this was funny because I was thinking about this when I was watching this about how it would have played in the cinema. I can imagine people laughing. It's yeah, it's like hygiene. the... Well, it's funny. Yeah. Well, it's as much in the cinema as it is in 1974. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But basically what you've got is this... And again, if we're going to sort of talk about Faulty Towers, there's the drunken Irish builder that they bring in a couple of times. Oh, God, you're right. Seamus, but he's that character. He's, he's no, a it's wacky Larrican. Yeah, O'Leary. O'Leary? O'Leary, the, the, the builder. And he's the whack drunk who's the kind of the slapstick of this. She avoids being molested by this guy and then they discover that it's all a big mistake that's not a major issue because well, it's only one. Well, one of the gay gentlemen is, is a solicitor. A yeah, and yes. she gets legal advice. Herb throws them away and immediately regains Dory's respect and basically becomes the man of the house again for a short window. He's the like, parties... dock that off, maybe later, if you're good. Yeah, like, and ah! you can see the, the grin with the false teeth and the... <laughs> This is made a bit less misogynistic by the fact that that is not how they act for the whole rest of the series. No. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And is he, yeah. the, is he the henpecked? Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. He's henpecked he was... like 1,200 more episodes. Right, yeah. that was probably the case. And so that's... that's Like all, all of them. Yeah. What is happening about that? He's a lot shorter than both of the other ladies too. Yeah. So knowing that on the second time going in, I was like sort of, okay, it's funny that he's being assertive rather than this, he's browbeating his wife because that's what men do. I well, I saw this little... Episode uh, section of a plot from the TV show, which is where Herb steals eight thousand dollars from the seniors club, and then he's on a train with some unidentified, much, much, much younger woman. I would imagine floozying would have been a big subtext to a lot yeah. of the episodes of this series because the point about this is it dialed up the sex to eleven, so Ooh. for the era, so yeah. Tori and Herb, they're back, they're fine, everything is awesome. 
the party happens at the end. It's been a mess of wacky hijinks to an almost Manuel. I've literally got wacky hijinks written down. I've actually got airs of Manuel when sort of three different (laughs) groups of people are trying to organise the party. It all comes together and at the very, very end, our drunken slapstick person returns and throws a cake into Dory's face. Well, after being a waiter at the wedding, he's just like passing people a glass of wine and then takes us back to drink the rest. Yeah, and that forms this weird little... It's In a TV series, in a soap opera, it would absolutely have been that kind of lighthearted. You know, you cut to this plot and it's lighthearted. Because of how dark some of the darker parts of the movie are, it is a serious tonal shift. Yeah. And honestly, if you have trouble with tone shift, this is, is going to be a difficult movie to watch. Oh, um, yeah. that We almost go literally straight from Vera getting raped almost on screen. At first I thought, yeah. are they going to be at least taking off her off screen? No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then it's... Straight to this dotty old couple and Gotta love it. who's practicing bowling using a grapefruit in the lounge room. Oh. Yeah, and and yeah, and so they celebrate their fortieth wedding anniversary. There's an incredible funniness where they both turn up in the same dress, and then she cops a cake in the face. That's not who's in the same dress, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freeze in the same dress as... Oh, it's not Flo, Dory No, and... I thought Flo went in the yeah, Flo went in the incredibly short. Yeah, she yeah. does. Flo turns up in the incredibly short... And I've got to be honest... She looks great, doesn't she? She's got great she? gams. Yes. She's got good gams. Uh, bravo. You're a great gams for an old deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bravo uh, Bunny Brook for, uh, for, oh, for being able to rock that show. How adorable. Uh, the people used to be called Bunny. Isn't it lovely? It's quite uh, cute. Yeah, for rocking that uh, that outfit. And, yeah, so you have the main humour plot. There's a yeah. subplot. Dory, Herb and Flo... Uh, comedy characters as Aldo and Roma good office. Yeah, that's who because, yeah. 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 they are because okay, also yeah, the, right. the actors are white skip Aussie as mm. Oh, I may as well pick up with the Godolphus plot then. Yes, please. please. Go the Godolphus plot. Aldo Roma and Aldo Godolphus run the grocery store slash deli slash actually it looks a lot like a pharmacy downstairs. Mm. <laughs> The retail centre of number 96. <laughs> they sell cigarettes. It's really all... Cigarettes and cereal. That's really all I'm certain of. Oh, no. And, and white out for shoes. Oh, and methylated spirits. Oh, and, and methylated me- spirits. <laughs> because Dory is enabling the hell out of... They're Oz. a terrorist cell. What? It's shoe stuff and metho and chemicals and, and cigarettes. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> all the terrorists you know have bad lungs, and li- bad lungs and livers, but great shoes. Right? <laughs> great shoes. All right. Let's just yeah, leave, that... leave a lot. Let's just, just ah. line under that one. Anyway, yes. Yeah, they're, sli- they're slightly comedy foreigner, but not as not as wildly as they could be. I no. don't know if they've just sort of settled over being there since the start. As they also, at the start, they're also there in the first episode. And learned that for... They die in the bomb, though. Oh. Uh, their daughter, actually, was a character, Rosa. a recurring character yeah. for quite some time, too. Yeah, but this time, Rose has gone to do whatever Rosa does, and... Aldo has, for one reason or another, been stashing money. To cheat the tax man. To cheat the tax man, that's right. And he's literally been stashing money under the mattress. Under the mattress. Which oh works great until it catches fire. Well, it doesn't just catch fire. He's looking for his cufflink mm. under the bed. And to do this, he lights a match and doesn't extinguish it. Yeah, he just gets called away and just... leaves it there. <laughs> So it's amazing that more didn't burn, really. Yeah, I'm mm. sad for you, Aldo, but this one's on you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know how I like to do my money conversions. Mm. So he lost two thousand dollars under the mattress. Yeah. That's over eighteen thousand dollars in today's money. So wow. that's um. That explains why he suddenly needed to take a second. Sorry. <laughs> I already interrupted. How does Aldo deal with with losing uh, the two thousand dollars in the mattress? Ah, he 
rifles through the Wontads and ends up getting a second job. At one point, it sounds like he has even more jobs, but I think he's just really working hard at the second one. It's just the one job, but it's a function centre, so they do a lot of different functions. Yeah. He's at the Connaught rooms. Yeah, which that basically means he's tired all the time and mm. falling asleep on the cash register and basically making a pig's ear of both george because he's always tired and asleep yeah he was my manuel part that i wrote down real Your air real so, yeah. air of manuel from faulty towers with this not just the the the, the, the sort of the foreigner aspect to it but just yeah, yeah you know totally ballsing up every job it's pointed out many times on the commentary that he is hungarian with a greek name Everything I saw just said they're meant to be Jewish and they well, didn't say country of origin at all. That was really interesting because in the Curtain Call final episode, he actually identifies as we were Hungarian Jews or someone identifies them as we were Hungarian Jews. So I'm wondering how much Semitic sp- concept was in the there. The spelling or... of their name changes too because in the movie, Godolphus is with an F and in some episodes on the shop window, it's with a PH. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. So that could just be the same thing that made Philip Martin in Neighbours keep losing and gaining an L in his given name. <laughs> oh, really? Philip is a terribly hard name to spell, correctly. Yeah. But apparently he uh, was written as Greek. The guy who played him said, can I play him as Hungarian Jew instead? Oh, okay. <laughs> and they just didn't change the name. Wow. Okay. Given the era that this was filmed in and given how old he's meant to be, were there any, do we know of any any Jewish plots, subplots, any World War II reference or anything at all? Not that I'm aware of, of, but then, you know, there were more than a thousand episodes of the show and I've watched bits of some. Mm, I'm Mm. curious about that, yeah. Hmm. Probably not because they are some of the comic relief characters. Yeah, I guess. Well, I was going to say it's hard to go straight from I overbaked this cake to I only just made it out of the Holocaust, but then look at the tone <laughs> shift of the movie, so... Well, yeah, I was yeah, about to say... Oh, yeah, he's oh so right. God, this... well, yeah, the, the plot line is... It, it ties into the other plot because his venue is uh, one of the many places where the Ruby anniversary can be held. Mm-hmm. Or is going to be held, depending on who's planning it that day. Yeah. And then the movie ends, basically. Yeah. There there are plots which are not 100% explained or concluded, and this is kind of one of them. Yeah, and I can't imagine many of them were continued into the series, so... No, I mean... No, I I think this was entirely standalone. Yeah, I mean, I'll come back to that later, but that's basically where that... that that one ends. I mean, mm. most also ties into confusion that a few different people think that the anniversary party is going to be held at a different place or supplied by different people, but mm. it gets resolved with a minimal of fuss. Yeah, yeah it's actually really it's impressive actually, how it's resolved. We just have the same people in the same room at the same time and they figure that other, shit out. Which, I know, communication. Who would have thought yeah, that worked? Which is all about the, the farce. I mean, the whole point about 90% the farce is, farces miscommunication. is that it's just simply people not communicating. Mean, every episode of Faulty Towers is resolved yeah. in 10 seconds if he just explains to usually Sybil what's going on. But but, yeah, it's all about people not talking to each other. So we now really only have one last plot. Well, actually, I, my, I'm just going to duck in with the sauna. Oh, you're going to do the sauna. All right. Are you happy for me to take the final big plot then? I'll oh. take the other small plot. All right. Okay, you two do the small plots and then I'll break out the big one. Uh, so there's a character called Les Whitaker. Who is the... Yeah, who is the what? What's his job? I think he's, he's he, the... his job is the laundry manager's husband. Oh! I, thought, I, I got him as the, what do they call it, building, uh, building build superintendent. I oh, got the, him as super. The, super, Wait, the super. Wait, do we of have those here? Well, we don't normally call them superintendents, but no. often someone has that role. I live in an apartment building and there is a person who does most of the Maintenance. larger cleaning slash smaller handy person job. Yeah. Okay. 
you I don't think we've ever had that. Bag of yeah, uh, so, yeah, so he is the get-rich-quick scheme guy, mm. basically. He buys a sauna to install downstairs and charge people a dollar a go. One of the first customers is like, where are all the Sheilas? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about all these post-middle-aged women that are at the bowling club. Technically the second customer, because the first oh, customer the are customer, a half right. a dozen people who get Blackface. Well, I was just going to go like, yeah, wack- wackily covered in, in coal. Yeah, they're coal. Yeah. They at least don't make out it is blackface. They don't no. do like the cartoon. It is just an explosion. Yeah. And start doing horrible accents and gestures. They just get black stuff on them. Yes. yes. Uh, because You're the right. guy uses the standard set of briquettes that every Australian <laughs> use on their barbecue. Yeah. When did we get Australian accents on the telly? Because this is not them. And we had people around last night. That's and actually... Kelly showed a clip of this. And I think everyone agreed it just sounded weird. That's actually really interesting. I was something I picked up. So if you look at Tom Oliver now, in Neighbours. Yeah. And you watch him in the final episode of this, he's still got that very weirdly British-Australian accent. Received pronunciation, it was called. Yeah. Is he one of the guys who's actually British or at least born in Britain in real life? It might be. Yeah, but Callum was born in Britain, Mm. IRL. And the other thing... And he still sounds a bit British. You think? Now and again. Oh, really? It's like the way I do scone or something, apparently, every now and again. I don't labour under the fact that I have no accent. I have a weird-ass Oh, that bugs me. There's no such thing as having no accent. Mm. Well, I think I was telling you yesterday that I went, huh? Tomorrow was born in Hampshire. Oh, there you go. Nice. Because, yeah, he does also right up until the that. But, of course, by now, very Australian. Yeah, yeah. Aussie has. Really Aussie. Not Mm. Ocker, but, yeah. He moved here when he was 16. Uh, Oh. Okay. I was here when I was... Sorry, did you want to read Conan? Sorry, kitten break. You can't read Conan the Barbarian. It's people older than you. There's nudity in it. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. He's just the get-rich-quick scheme guy who puts the sauna in. Did you get that? There were many subplots in four that he was doing the get rich quick, and there were many subplots afterwards that he was a get rich. I kind quick. of assume. Yes, I, I same. got him as Arthur Daly from Minder. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. Many get rich quicks. So yeah, except oh, Arthur occasionally it. actually makes some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to afford that Jag that he used to drive. It was him that used to drive the Jag. Daria. The other minor plot, really, I suppose we pretty much touched on in Vera's, is that her would-be date, Simon, who has returned for the movie, he can't perform because he's been questioning his sexuality. Simon, what is... Oh, darling, you're not still worried about last night, are you? No. It's not just last night. (laughs) You know, you probably won't believe this, Vera. But you're the first person I've ever been to bed with, man or... But you know, with you, I felt sure that I could prove to myself that... Yeah. Well, I couldn't, could I? No. Why should it matter? It's not going to affect my feelings for you as a friend. No, Vera, Vera. I wish I could love you in the way I want to. He comes to realise he's gay... Not least because he starts seeing Simon. No, he is Simon. Oh, he starts seeing... 
Uh, Don. Don. Yes. So he and yeah. So Don, who never goes over. Did you find Don go slightly gayer once he and Simon hooked up? A bit, yeah. But also most of the time, Maybe Don's had permission on, to mo- from himself. Most of the time, uh, Don's on screen. He looks kind of forlorn. And I, oh, yeah. what was the phrase he used earlier? He always looks like he dropped, he his, dropped ice his ice cream. cream. Yeah. <laughs> he. Uh, I actually mentioned just before we started recording that he looked a lot like Terry Camilleri's character from Cows That Ate Paris. That slightly lost. He seemed fine, nice enough, but yeah, as you say, always. Just like something terrible has just happened, yeah, or, right. or it's all a bit. I it's all a bit can't hard. say I noticed that, to be honest. Uh, yeah, and I guess he sort of comes to terms with himself via dating Tom. Mm. Yes, Maggie at one point calls him a fairy, which he assumes means Vera has told Maggie. Oh, that gay. was so sad. I don't think Maggie needs especially super no. great gaydar to have worked it out on her own. Uh, well, no. And I must admit that I, I was expecting, because they're actually referencing at one point a potential threesome. So at one point they joke about going out together because both going of them have dinner. turned up. Yeah, exactly. Both of them have turned up to ask out Vera. Well, actually, no, there was. Not Vera, she was um, asked. Yeah, no. V- it is Vera? It was yeah, Vera. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, but there were three people who asked her to dinner that night. Yeah. And so there was two gay guys. Take but... the, pod, the politician. Oh, is that who it was? Who the third one was? Because oh, I thought that's, the that's, third one was Claire. Or Maggie. I thought it was Maggie, and that's oh, why Maggie. Maggie. She no, was that's in a right. snit. That's right. Yes. I'm yeah, not good enough right. to go out to dinner with. That's yes. right. That explains that whole little bit. I, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, that's so it. By a lot this... of characters to keep track of in this. <laughs> and Claire and Maggie are indistinguishable. Are they... I can't Vera's see faces. Not much different <laughs> I know. I can't see faces. I found this movie really oh difficult. Oh, my God. I struggled with this movie. You must have been oh, lost at Oh, gosh. Did men have such... Thick full hair in the seventies, and what's happened since? Oh my god! Look at the ads. Look at some of the ads from that final episode. Yes, I think they my did. father looked like that though too back then. We had perm. We grew it we out didn't and perm. Oh yeah, we did. <gasps> really? Oh yeah, we oh, did. Oh, Crivens, yeah. Yeah, we had a whole male hair products about giving us body. I don't know if we went to the full perm. perm. I mean, you well, Daria said would. yes. Well, no, I mean, when I yeah. say perm, I don't mean like you know. You go to the hairdresser, get the, the curls. Hair. I mean, it was a perm and it was product, but you had to call them manly name. Mm. Oh right. Yes, um, they they have all the men have very full and thick hair. Oh, in there's this. a lot of thick well, hair. Well, all the oh, the other thing I couldn't tell in this film was age. That was actually something I was going to say as well. Yeah, even the young characters. And, and this is one of those things, every now and again I'm shocked and stunned by hearing that a particular person who I watch on television is younger than I am. The big one for me is John Oliver. Yeah. I was blown away when I discovered that John Oliver so, is a couple of so years so younger adulty. than I am. I know, right? He's grown uh, up. He should uh, be. You just had a birthday in which you got Lego. I did. I got Lego. and um... <laughs> We've been getting it the other way around of a lot of these movies. When... Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we've oh, seen you're people right. who we go, oh, that person is old enough clearly... to be one of our parents, and we find yeah. out they're, they're like meant to be seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> and this is at the time of recording. I am forty-six. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! It was just recently. oh, I am forty-six. I just wanted to double check and make sure I hadn't stuffed up because I haven't done that wrong in the past. Didn't you just turn forty-five? No, no, forty-six. Okay, cool. Forty-six. Yeah, I thought oh, I was forty-six or forty-seven. I actually, in fact, I could have been born pretty much around the time this movie came out. This was, movie was released in May 1974. That is the year of That's my birth. That's when you were born, yeah. So That's I'm, why your parents missed it. They were busy. They were. <laughs> Distracted, briefly. And they were also in the UK at the time, too. So <laughs> but I am, at the time of recording, 46. I genuinely did not look at any particular character here and think they are younger than I am. I didn't see anyone actively younger than me. Even no. The, 
It didn't feel like they maybe were Maybe Sonia Hunter. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe Sonia. Maybe the... Uh, oh, no, no. Uh, maybe Diane Moore. For me, Diane Moore. Possibly the hosting. Oh, no. You, was, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I'm thinking... Uh, well, the actor was oh, 19. No. Wow. No way. Yeah. It's crazy. And I, you know, we we talk about... Age was fa- just impossible to tell us, really. It really was. Was that everyone, even beyond television and movie standards, wears... Several centimetres thick makeup yep. is not helping. I, and several centimetres of hair, yeah. especially I, with Roma Godolphus. Yes. I mean, in some ways... Sorry, I just have to... Ref- <laughs> in, some ways, yeah, in some ways, Tom Oliver looks absolutely ancient because he actually looked like he kind of is 30 or 40. He must have been about yeah. Hang but on, then he, he could have... Well, it, well He also 80. could have been 50. Yeah. I just couldn't tell. When was Tom Oliver born? Sorry, I do. This so can... It's too common a name. You might find oh, sorry, a I bunch kept of talking, results. which is confused. Well, also I found it's... this on the web. Okay, Tom Oliver was born in 1938. So he would have been 30-something. So he's massively younger than I am now. Now, yeah. admittedly... 36? I learned the other day I am now as old as... Um, Doc Brown! Doc Brown. Oh, my God, this is mind-blowing. Callum the... is now the age that Doc Brown was in the first Back to the Future. Yeah. Mm. Fuck. Yes. So I genuinely believe that in a weird way we just... We... Age changes. Age changes. 40 is a new 30, 30 is a new 20. Well, look at one of my favourite go-tos. Look at Doctor Who. Look at the... William Which Hartnell's one? the first Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look at him by modern standards, you think he's, what, 70? Oh, yeah. 80? Oh, God, yeah. 67. Yeah. yeah. 55. Fudge. Contrast Peter Capaldi all those years later, who was older than him and is obviously in better shape. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, when they recast another first Doctor to basically imitate William Hartnell, David Radley. I love that guy. Yeah. He's in his 70s now. Yeah, he was when he played the first Doctor. Maybe he's in his 80s by now. Yes. But yeah, it, it really does feel like these are ageless people to a certain extent, and they all feel older than I am. I actually was really surprised by Tom Oliver's voice. Tom Oliver is actually the only, I will be honest, he was the only actor I recognise as going on to other things, because he oh. ended up becoming Lou. That's right, in yes. What? Neighbors. I'm, I'm so going So they were the jokey set that would always come up with schemes, and Lou was always the one who would, would come up with the scheme to oh. make money. It's it, like Harold's rival for Madge's affections. Oh, mm. God. So that was him. Ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And it was funny, actually, because when I was watching him in this, I'm like, have I seen him in, is it ads or something? Because weirdly, he looks very similar, but very, very different in important ways. Basically, it looks like his neighbour's era self, except just with, it's like someone's made him up look like it's the 70s. And that was the thing. As soon as I realised who he was, I'm like, holy crap, it's him. And he was the only one I can... Ex- I personally, because I'm not a big soap opera fan, that I recognise as having expanded, basically going from one to another. You're just currently reminding me of early on in True Blood, where Suki meets Vampire Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's just like, Vampire Bill? And, and wants it to be more exotic. But he says his age, which was 30-something. She says, you look a lot older. It's like, well, life was different. Mm. I've been 30 for 250 years. Or well, there's is, that. Like, yeah. A, yeah. Every single one of these people seemed older than I am, with the possible exception of Lynn Rainbow's character, Sonia Hunter. Not even Sonia Hunter. Sonia Hunter, no, no offence, Lynn, uh, but Sonia Hunter the, seemed older than me. She seemed to be in her... She seemed like a parent. It's oh, really I, weird. I didn't get that. But, but yeah, Diana, the evil air hostie, seemed slightly younger. But anyway, but back, back to the plot. Boys. <laughs> the, the gay boys plot. The gay boys plot. So... I She's not a gay boy. But oh, you see, gay boys outrank gay girls in a privilege scale. Uh, uh-huh. So you're allowed to punch up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Don and Simon have a bit of a fling and, well, again, they don't so much end it during the movie, just kind of keeps going and the movie stops. Yeah. Yeah. Which presumably oh. is Simon coming to terms with himself. The, well, there's two curious notes here based on external research. One is I thought Dudley was actually Don's boyfriend, but he doesn't seem to interact with him in any way at all. No, no, not no. at all. He's just... I. He's what the, was the phrase you used? Like, the random leftover gay the left, or something? The, 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 spare, the spare gay. gay. The spare gay, yes. Who is definitely the most gay-coded because he's speaking Polari all through the movie. It'll be fun. Polari. Well, all the dolly lunches are bubbling merrily away. A cant, a slang, which started out in carny times, but became sort of the gay secret language oh! uh, back in the middle of last century. How fascinating. He even, at one point, when someone asks him for a drink while he's waiting, he says, yes, love, or yes, darling, or something, to, yeah. to clearly a man. To a man, asking yes. Asking a... Uh, but any... gosh, he is so camp. Yeah. It was like... Oh, and talks about movies. Oh, didn't you see it? It was ever so good. He yeah, has repeated he's, he's the movie lines. Guy. He's totally the movie guy. Uh, so there was that. What was the other catchphrase he used all the time? You kept calling things Bona and Dolly. Yeah, that was adorbs. Boner. Like the... Yeah, what the hell was with, you know, it's such a boner way of yeah, that's doing polari. this. Yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. realise boner. I didn't realise that was one of the words. I just was like, that seemed like an interesting way to describe that. Yeah, from the same sort Did of thing. Did it mean as... that? As... Oh, I think the other one was, if, if you it... know what I mean. Oh, yeah. my God. There's that one... Sorry, I have to get my notes because I wrote this one down. Go on. Hang on, sorry. Yeah. What we really need is some super fairy godmother to come and wave a wand, if you know what I mean. And it's like, surely the if you know what I mean should have been after the fairy godmother part. Or fill the, the place you... with spatchcock. Well, I mean, spatchcock is at least there's an innuendo level there that if you know what I mean, I could kind of get as a nudge nudge. Maybe it was like referring to the next sentence rather than the one just spoken. I wondered whether he might have missed his mark because yeah. every now and again... <laughs> It was done almost, I don't believe number 96 was ever to a live audience. No, um, no Except no, no. for the final episode. Well, I don't know whether it's a live audience, but there's a recording session which basically leads into the concept of where number 96 comes from, which is that there is a person who's moved in and is now holed up in her apartment writing some big story. Oh. And Dory Evans's character, Pat McDonald, says, whatever could she be writing about? And she's, and you cut to her typewriter and it's, there was once a place called number 96. Right. But she kind of fumbles it a little bit and you see a, a sort of a, but there's an audience. And I have a feeling that that live audience was there for that last episode. But it does seem like he missed, yeah, you know, if only a fairy godmother could come down and maybe wave a wand, if you know what I mean. And it's yeah. like, surely that would have been more innuendo with the previous one. Sorry, I wanted yeah. to. At perform. first, because, again, I saw it raw and didn't know where in number 96's life cycle we were. I thought, oh, they're just going to code this guy as gay as possible because you can't actually have gay people. But no, the ones who are acting, well. The ones who gay, are actually mm, gay yeah, who aren't are, acting camp. Yeah. Mm. They are little, but nowhere near Dudley level. No. Yeah. No. He and was that was so kind of cute, though. He was super cute. Dudley was cute, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought. Dudley but, and Arthur. Oh, yeah. And I like they slightly subverted the cheap innuendo bit when he was hanging out in the kitchen discussing catering possibilities. Mm -hmm. and he's got meatballs. He goes, whoops, drop one of meatballs. At first you're expecting a, oh, the gay dude's talking about yeah. his balls, but yeah. then it cuts straight to the lawn bowl wall. Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> there were about two or three times when it could have been, are you being served? And Yeah, oh, yeah, I, he was a very are you being served character. I suspect character. that the series probably dialed up the are you being served a little bit more, but there were so many other plots that I don't think you just simply got enough air time. There was a lot going on in this, this movie. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, yes. Yeah, Dudley's just kind of there, really. <laughs> he really is. Yeah. Anyway, yes, so... But there's nothing... The guys who are actually together, at least together in the movie, 
they originally actually kissed. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask yes. when you wanted to talk about this now. Yeah, yeah let's, let's talk about this. Yeah, and according to the commentary, that kiss was in there when they first showed the movie. Yeah. But somehow left afterward. And one of the things is, if you're watching the same DVD I did, you'll see that the movie is not in great shape. It's no, not it's very not. Well. Yeah. It's this not... is a restored version of what they could get their hands on. Yeah, it's not been computer restored or, yeah. or scaled up or anything like that. Well, it was filmed on 16 mil and then at cinemas at 35. Mm. Yeah, so it's already been so it's blown always up. always looked bad. And even people at the time were like, oh, that looks pretty yeah. soft. They filmed it as if it were a long episode of a TV show. Oh. They didn't go nuts building expansive sets or doing different kinds of lighting. They colorized the sets. Well, yeah, yeah. basically, except for adapting for color, it was yeah. essentially just carrying straight and on for yeah, TV. Yeah, what was the, the $100,000 budget? I, it may just be recurring, or, or like, I mean, God, we're looking at the bloody cast in front of us but here. But most of them didn't even get extra money. Well, presumably they still got paid at all, though. Yeah. So the, the whole thing yeah. was basically recorded in 11 days during the hiatus between two seasons. Two seasons, yeah. So yeah. a lot of the budget was probably actually fairly standard production stuff yeah. that they oh. still would have Catering had to pay and... for. They just budgeted it separately. Mm. Yeah, um, you're right. Um, Elaine Lee did say that she got an extra $200 for being nude. Being mm. naked, yeah. And did you hear about Sydney being the test bed for this? Did you read that? No. So this is another thing that was really interesting. During the series, apparently the... Australian Broadcasting Corporation, not 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 the ABC, but the Australian Standards, constant complaints about this. Oh, right. To the point where they were continually censuring Channel What Became 10, but it was called 0 to 10 or thing. O-10. O-10. To the point where they began to have staff meetings about oh, yes. what they were doing. Uh, at 7 or 8 o'clock every morning. And they would broadcast to Sydney. And then they would edit based on what was concerning and they would then broadcast Just to the rest to of the everybody else. So, so Sydney became yeah. this you would watch an episode of number ninety six in the Sydney region. But that wouldn't be what it necessarily ended up out there. Because we're not usually divided by states no. as much as you know some it's, other countries. So well, I found it was, that fascinating. It was more a matter of practicality. You couldn't just flick a switch and broadcast to the whole to the country. Whole, no. Yeah. And so they would often cut bits from what was actually broadcast out to the Sydney area, which is notionally where number 96 was based in, in Paddington, and then the rest of Australia. And apparently the film was similar. So the film version that was released to Sydney cinemas was really? then tweaked and edited when they distributed it out oh, to the rest of Australia. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and they're, that's... they're pretty sure that some of the edits on the print we've got today, because they're not, we don't have the negatives. They've yeah. gone bye bye, mm. and all of the original cuts have gone who know where. On the commentary, they say it wasn't uncommon for projectionists to borrow a frame or two of something particularly saucy, or to saucy. cut something out. Yeah, so it could be that somewhere along the line, someone said, "Dude's kissing." No, thank you. I yeah, and totally I just ended that. up on the projectionist floor because apparently there is like bits missing yeah like that that kind of quickness in the shower scene at least according to the commentary and they say that the full front from nudity shower scene the, the, that one the bush where you see yes. the bush you know very 70s semi full frontal well it's not semi full frontal it is full frontal well no no I mean well, it but side, it's just slightly it's side, side on it's side frontal in the shower it's full frontal when she walks from one room to another which was very interesting to me at one point but yeah so the whole concept of the editing and the tweaking and the version people saw mm. apparently projectors might just go that's a bit of all right and borrow a frame for their personal collection oh that... i'm not surprised wow yeah one of the favorite things you like to talk about is how you couldn't just fire up porn on your phone back then no, God, no. <laughs> so if you're a projectionist and there were true yeah oh the... you creepy projectionist you and there she Ew. was in the altogether. 
And even then, I just, unless you get a single frame and blow it up to be a picture on the wall, maybe. If you're a projectionist, yeah, you might have some interesting equipment at yeah. home or you can splice a lot of things together. I'll tell you what, if you're managing to get something titillating out of a half a second, you've got some incredibly impressive equipment at home and you possibly shouldn't be taking it out mm-hmm. in the public. Maybe the problem is they don't have incredible equipment <laughs> at home. <laughs> but they might have access to developing Yeah, equipment. no, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, that's right. Wow. So it's all home collection. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. the only substantive thing they say has been removed is the kiss and they're not entirely sure when or where it happens. They know it's not on the official list of mm. things that was cut before yeah. screening and David Sale actually says he went to the film with his parents and was expecting them to react during the guy's kissing scene and they didn't. So yeah. he remembers yeah, being there right. because otherwise that story doesn't make sense. No. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's, it was weird. I did get the vibe of like, because neither of them, you know, Dudley out of the equation, neither of them were necessarily overly gay. Don, I always got the impression, was just simply a bit of a Lothario. I mean, he's got the, I mean, God, they all have wide collars, but he's got the open shirt. You know. <laughs> um, is that what makes a Lothario in well, 1974? He flirts, he flirts with the Absolutely, the that's safety. Too. And then, yeah, and he, and it's really weird. And they until, were both fighting over him previously. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I did genuinely expect a swinger's subplot of a threesome, and... No, because they mention swingers later in the party of the party. They do, yeah. Planning of the party. God forbid they should be wearing jeans and t shirts and listening to The Andrews Sisters on Full Andrews Sisters, oh my gosh. Cool, yeah. And then there was a point I was very disappointed where I thought they were just gonna actively kill two gay characters. Because that's when the Nicholas Brent Vera Collins plot coincides with the beautiful man intervenes and saves her life and kills the bad well, yeah, especially if he's not a regular anymore then mm. you don't have to not kill him because his contract's still good and they didn't kill him they were in the hospital and he was just starting to wake up and then that's when they said oh let's have a happy ending it's like yeah the person surviving could be a happy ending <laughs> yeah there are some bits of here are these stories underway Oh, time's up. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of that. It did feel very Oh, yeah, totally. Apparently on this show, every time a woman got pregnant, that was sort of a death sentence for her character. I thought you were going to say an angel got its wings. (laughs) No. Well, technically then by the sounds. Well, no, because of the child labour laws, filming children was just too hard. Oh, you mean like the actresses got pregnant? Sorry. No, no, no. The character... One of your actors gives birth, you don't employ the child. No, no, no. So oh, no the no, child no. labour wouldn't make any sense. Well, no, I th- sorry, I thought, oh, no, okay, okay, all right, point taken, yes. Yeah, sorry. but you would need someone to represent their character's child on screen if such was the case. And this is often why you have what's called SORAS, where children are given birth to as bundles. Yes, right, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of bundled children in this show. I <laughs> uh, set into the next room or with their nanny or their auntie or whatever. Or but... you could just hear crying from the next room. Yeah. And a few weeks later, they come out in their tent. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> also known as lost syndrome. Oh, um, well, that was just that boy growing up so fast. Soras. Faster Soap than the opera plot. rapid aging syndrome. Nice. Soras. I'm writing that down because I want to look it, it up. Um, oh, there's a lot about it. So apparently, occasionally, some characters regress as well. As oh, and you also get like two and three year pregnancy too, don't you? Yeah, I mean. Well, as I say, three year pregnancies might be pushing it a bit, but uh, certainly pregnancies that run a lot longer than the notional nine yeah. months of a. Or a lot shorter, in fact. Eh? Often yeah. it's the case. Uh, th- you'll have a miscarriage. That's pretty common. Often it's the case it's short that to the audience it's shorter than a real life one would be if the actor herself has become pregnant and they've written it in. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. The... We see you, X Files. 
because obviously she didn't tell them the second she got pregnant and yeah. they wrote it in right away. So there's lead up until she's ready to tell people. Lead up until they can write it into the show and then add it to the then show. Then she's showing and then she's giving birth five minutes later. Yeah, because she's going to leave to have her baby before the character does. Oh. Well, poor old Sonia seems to bundle the nerves, doesn't she? Eh? Mm, probably due to what they politely call the ladies' complaint. Oh, no, no, it's not that loud. I've seen her like this once before. And it was then she took herself off to that psychiatric clinic. To God, it's not the same thing returning. Aha! An assignation upon the stairs. Caught in flagrant delicto. And she's not even wearing a wedding ring. The, the hussy! I am merely showing the young lady the front door. Isn't that a lovely front door, young lady? Let's take a look from the inside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you suppose something's going on there? Well, if there isn't, what's the point in life at all? No point at all. And I intend to bring the matter up in court and have everybody castigated. <laughs> we haven't done the main plot. Have we done the... Yeah, we, we've, we've done the gay stuff. <laughs> Tell us all about the travails. Right. The final plot. The final plot, and one would argue, technically, if this was a standalone film, the primary plot of the movie. Now, can you hear me through the cat's butt? <laughs> well, right. I can. Well, all that right. sounds like a pilot in and of itself. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> yeah, that's going in the trailer. So, primary plot, and by this I don't mean the plot that kicks off the film because that's the rape and then Vera's interaction with Nicholas, but the plot that's sort of the main one of the film involves four characters. We have Jack Sellers, played by Tom Oliver, who is the the real estate agent or the landlord, He's sorry. He's the, the landlord, the landlord yeah. of the building. Tom Oliver later briefly had a winery called Jack's Cellar. Oh, really? Nice. Oh, fabulous. Well, yes, that's um, excellent. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah. And Tom Oliver, I've got to say, has definitely evolved as a person through the years because, like I said, he has that incredibly cine-tone Australian accent that we talked about, even in the final episode, is a very sort of put-on, almost theatre accent. Anyway, so Jack is the womanising Lothario rascal. He's always portrayed as being... But loved. Like, he's not gross and sleazy. Mm, he's a little but, gross and yeah, okay, sleazy. Okay, he find is. him gross and sleazy. But well, actually, no, that's in true. In story, he's not. In, in yeah. story and, and in era, he's probably just the guy who's the ladies' man. Call him the ladies. The ladies' man. The ladies. Yeah. In story, it's probably slightly mitigated in that he seems to have a genuinely affectionate and not at all sexual or romantic friendship. With Sonia. Uh, yes. Yeah. With his, uh, they seem like great yep. friends and mm. it seems like, you know, there's no sexual tension there and they no. love each other dearly. So that he, probably holds him back from being yes. irretrievable. And he flirts so, as a 70s man. Can I say, I'd know that knock anywhere. Everybody knocks like that. Yeah. Was that meant to be a secret knock? Well, it's like... A um, signature knock. Yeah, yeah. So That's when... That's his signature knock. Sonia so... and Duncan have just moved into the place, they hear that knock on the door. Oh, and she, and says, she says, I'd know, I know that, that knock, knock anywhere. anywhere. He's wow. the only person on the planet who does shave and a haircut <laughs> to <right>. bits. <laughs> Okay, congratulations, Jack, for having the most common knock in the world. But also, I, God, I never... I Maybe he started put it. Two together. <laughs> okay. So in fact, if you ever want to out an undercover earthling, just do a... <laughs> and they won't be able to resist doing... After. Or All if right, you're trying on. to out an undercover Australian, just call out who's going home in the back of a divvy van. I would actually say if you were really going to do it, then be... Uh, am I ever going to see your face, face again? again? No, no way. Get, get fucked. Fuck, fuck off. off. But I think that's already been and done. And that's for us. our Germans. 
Okay, so we have Jack as the anchor point. He's the landlord. He's responsible for the building. And you kind of... And this is where I'm going to do a mini deep dive on this. He's not responsible for the building. Well, no, no, but this is the point. What I'm saying is... But that flat. Okay, from a storyline point of view, he's kind of number 96. I would actually say he's the house. I would say he's the building. building. He is the one taking care of the people who he takes care of, looking up. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, I just got that. That he's, if you watch this movie in and of itself, he's basically the building personified. He's. I can't picture that except in a horror arena. I know, I know, and it does, and it feels like that. But if you imagine that, yeah, yeah. it's lovely. If this were running in the internet fandom age there'd be a whole lot of have you noticed you never see him outside the building yes he's, <laughs> he's the scrubs janitor before they decided the janitor would be a real character and oh and wow so wow yeah so basically jack is number 96 for us anyway so jack is the landlord sonia hunter lynn rainbow has returned and i get the impression she was a character previously who'd left and she does return for this film yep and at this point i want to say that this is one of those times she was in the mental institution yes she was that when people watch this in the cinema, they cheered when each of the main Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, they really, really did. There was an interview in the Sydney Morning Herald and this guy saying he was like tried prepared to be all cynical. And then he was then the audience cheered when these favourite characters appeared on screen. And I would imagine given the fact that Lynn Rainbow's uh, Sonia had left and come back, she probably got a big cheer when she reappeared. So she also she stunning. She is very, very pretty. Yes. And also doesn't wear bras, so that helps. Yeah, that's a very 70s yeah. thing as well. Well, also there's not a lot of brassiers in number 96. There really no, are. No, no. Um, in fact, back in that first episode, yeah, sorry, I got distracted by the rumbly cat. Yeah. Is there much rumbly on that? <laughs> no, leave the pairing in. Everyone's happy no, with the because, pairing. Well, if it's a low-level frequency, it'll actually block out the voice. Oh, does it? No, I, th- I think Well, stop fine. scritching the kitty. Okay. I think she's fine, but... Yeah, Abigail, again, wears the top, which is so semi-sheer, which is obviously yes. to be the as much as we can show without getting taken off on the first episode. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And she did it a lot because so she was, Abigail was the sex goddess character, but she never hooked up with anybody. So mm. she and never really was actually vegetable. got naked on screen. No, and then she fell in love with a man who was a, as they say, homosexual. And he's saying, I thought you knew. Well, I've just completely detracted from that. No, I didn't know. Is that in the in the sort of in the plot of one of the episodes? She's or she didn't know. Okay, the so actor. the DVD of this, or like I got it uh, as a video on demand. I got it on Vimeo and watched the number ninety six. They said it wouldn't last. Yeah, which was like a ninety odd minute. A special with this. There's a few special on the DVDs. There's that. There's the final years, which is an hour long, and then there's the train journey to the 1975 Logies, which is only 75 minutes. But I didn't check that out. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Back to you. Oh, sorry. You were leaving those in introduction to this the plot line about the falling in love with the gay person, whether it was real or in the. Yeah, it was in the show. Right, okay, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. I didn't, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, right, so what we have is we have Jack as the building. Sonia has returned with her new husband, who I'm curious about how he was perceived at the time, but seems really lovely. Seems like a really... Yeah, yeah, he seems absolutely super supportive of her. Mm-hmm. But it turns out they met when she was locked up in the, quote-unquote, mental institution. Mm. 
how do you meet someone there? That was actually a point that I... Sorry, Keller, go no, on. No, 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 no. I, I, no, I was saying that was actually a point I think the writers were hoping people would gloss over. It's like, right. yeah. There are ways, but they don't really... Yeah. Unless he's a nurse or a doctor there, and then that's incredibly inappropriate. Or he was yeah. visiting someone Or he's else. visiting somebody else. So Maybe a caterer? No. Maybe a caterer. Yeah, well, not everyone in a mental hospital is locked up all the time, like Sarah Connor. No. So, well, that was the other thought. Is she on day release? <laughs> so Jack and Sonia are really, really good friends. They reconnect there. She introduces him to Duncan, the husband. They are the newlyweds return to the apartment. Duncan is actually seemingly concerned about her coming back to this apartment complex because it was where she had her first breakdown. And he seems to be completely supportive. Yeah. Separate to this, at the same time, Jack is showing Diana, the air hostess, around to the new apartment. and this is Directly the, next door. The wacky hijinks of Dory urban flow bursting into the apartments and then slowly we begin over the course of the movie to realize that Sonia's starting to forget things. Sonia may not still be completely fixed yeah the it's impression definitely a fear she's had late in the back of her mind that she wasn't completely better or could slide again yeah which and is she, not uncommon which, for people who've had mental illnesses yeah. or various and moving back to number six yeah, is the, I'm the, proving the to myself that yeah, I'm fine why the fuck would you be doing this so to prove to herself that that she's fine. Yeah. So she and her husband, and we begin to have little things like, so Sonia forgets a dinner date that she's going to be having with... Um, First of all, she she's taken her engagement ring off to do the dishes. That's right. She, she's taken and the engagement off as the welcome home. it's not where it should be. We have a little subplot. Yeah, so we have that. We have the forgotten dinner date. She suddenly talks about forgetting to that she's bought a really ugly Lab light shade. shade. yes. Until it's delivered. Until it's like, turned up. Maybe it just doesn't go with the house. And she forgets the salt and pepper, which may genuinely be real. Yes, of course. So we're setting up a... Because lots of housewives do that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because, oh, my God, housewives do that. Several times a week. Several times a week. Oh, my God. And all the way through this, Duncan's being really supportive. And separately, Jack and Diana begin to have Not a, Jack have and an Diane. Affair. Important Not Jack distinction. And Diane. Jack and Diana have an affair. And it's, as again, I said, it, it played out weirdly. And certainly in this day and age, it was gross at the time. But they're trying to get her marriage money. Mm. And that's the thing. Now, I've got a question. When did you realise what was going on? Not when did you suspect. Uh, when did you realise what was going oh, on? Oh, the necklace. The necklace. Oh, that it was fuck ugly anyway. But... When Jack finds that. Also, oh, you actually got into the point when then the movie delivers it to you. Yeah, I did. Okay, Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm really normally terrible with these, but I basically ran two parallel. Like, okay, we've got. I knew someone was fucking with her, but I didn't know who. I th- figured it was the husband. I'd actually picked Duncan. God, what was it? There was something in particular. I think it was the dinner date. At that point, I'm like, hmm, this is a bit weird. Which dinner date? The one that he supposedly... The lunch date. Oh, the lunch. Yeah. And he lunch. comes home and says, yeah. don't worry about yeah, yeah. it. It's one of them like... And I'll admit I didn't know for sure, possibly, until the yeah. delivery. I was about the same. Yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't know for 100%, mm. but... But someone was messing with yeah. this girl. And that was the thing. I wasn't too sure who it was. But I didn't suspect her husband because he was so supportive in his role. Mm. Oh, no, no, sorry, no. I know the moment that I knew someone was fucking with her. Yeah, go when she found her Engagement ring, ring in the cigarette box. Oh. That was it. That was the moment that I know, okay, this who is now something Who did you think real. was doing it? I didn't know at okay. that point. I wasn't too sure, and I was wondering if there was maybe a maid character or someone that I wasn't completely aware of a maid character yeah a maid for the apartment complex oh my god the rich woman's house and her 
Oh, you, oh serving my God. The servant that walks into the swimming into pool. Into the pool, fully clothed, Jesus to live with a gin that's not yes. like fucking right. I, was that a house Jeebus. or was that a, that a club? I got the impression that, that was, was like a... That was a house. Oh, yeah. I thought it was like a club. No, like, that was yeah. a house. Anyway, so we have... Yeah, oh, sorry, sorry back you... to you too. Yeah, I was going to say, though Duncan was already my chief suspect, if nothing else, for proximity to the character. You're mm. right. And it's usually the spouse who done it. Yeah, and he was really, lo- and he, yeah, he was overly lovely. And as soon as I realised there was something weird, I'm like, okay, so this is strange. Duncan arranges for the air hostess to grab a nice necklace when she's in yeah. Bali to bring back to Sonia's character. Yeah, she loses that, as we said, and then later on it turns up somewhere else. Well, she, she didn't to- lose it. She put it down and it was taken away from her, so mm-hmm. she would think she was losing it. And losing yep. her mind altogether. Uh, and she is then increasingly hallucinating. There is actually a couple of ugly masks that come back from Bali at the same time. Oh, aren't they, though? Both Jack and Duncan are given one. Jack keeps his, just, you know, vanishes. Duncan puts it up on the wall in the bedroom, staring at Well, uh, one Sonia. says he's going to put it in the bathroom so he'll never be constipated again. It is. Yeah. It is. And we can kind of swallow that because... Is she really of... an air hostess? I'd say she likely is because Jack gets that call from... Yeah, she gets because this is the call. question. Yeah. Yeah, but she gets the duty call, but Jack's saying, you know, I just picked her up yeah. from the airport. So is that her real employer? No, okay. So, oh my God, I can bring my work expertise into this. Callum, tell us about the air industry. So in the aviation industry, you have what's called, uh, I can't remember what the actual phrase is, but basically it's a turnaround. So you have a certain number of duty hours that you perform. And the thing is that once you've filled your hours, you actually need to not be there anymore. To the point where we've actually had flights that and I say we, I I don't work for an aviation company, I work within the industry. You'll have flights that don't fly because they've exceeded their crew hours. Yes. So my take... Buses are the same. Yes. My take on what he received was a phone call requiring him her to turn up and him then saying, well, hang on, no, I've only just picked her up three hours ago. She's completely filled her hours. There's no way you can get her to go on a plane now yeah. and be told well, she wasn't going to Bali. She's been off for the last day and a half. Because so, she was lying about going to Bali. She was off being bad. Yeah, yeah. But was she but a hostess I, at all? I think she is. And, okay. Well, hang on, no, because he says at the start that she poured coffee on his groin. Oh, yeah. Duh. Please. No, well, also, it'd be weird for someone to make a fake call based on her being a flight attendant and not take into account how flight attending works. Yeah, we need okay. to. Oh, so you took it as maybe it was called to turn up for her Kmart for her, shift or something. Yeah, or her bartending job. Right, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I definitely got that as far as he's concerned, she's running the edge of her hours because right. he only picked her up from the edge. And she just obviously drove out to the airport or whatever. She, she just um, moonlights as a black widow mm. was assistant. <laughs> oh, God, yes. And interestingly, and I'm curious to know whether or not you guys think that this is a precursor. There's a scene where Jack is in bed. I think it's after the first time Jack and Diana have gone to bed together. Diana wakes up the following morning to go off to her, her, flight. her flight. Jack is kind of conked out in he the bed. He really is. Yeah. I don't I, think you're doing a thing of it until you're saying it right now. Is I, he drugged? Is she testing some drugs on him from the point of view of keeping... Gosh, now that you say it, he may well be because he's be, yeah. conked out completely. Yeah, and in fact, later on in the same day, after having this conversation with her he then says oh i guess you've got off okay i don't remember anything until like 11 o'clock or something yeah, and well, i'm not quite a quote but yeah you're absolutely right and, yeah. and you know what my sleep drugs do to me so because at the same time he then can't find his cigarettes and i wondered if that was a weird little 
you know, is he drugged enough to be, you know, that I can steal from him or, or thing? Or even mundanely, if these drugs mess with your immediate past, does he have no memory of putting the cigarettes where they actually are? Yes. And yeah. that was a thing, a testing on him. Because she says when the big oh, reveal that's happens. fascinating. She says that she doesn't like the fact that they're playing. Tape. And she also needles Sonia's character by talking about earrings that are very similar to the yeah. ones just to see how far they can go. And anyway, so we get to the tail end and we discover that uh, not quite gaslighting, basically. No, Definitely think, gaslighting. Yeah, this is 100% gaslighting. Moreover, this is, this is how gaslighting is supposed to be. People sometimes use it just to mean contradicting someone. No. But no, this is actually trying to literally make her feel like she's losing her sanity. The, the only reason I sort of would hesitate on the gaslighting is that... He's tr- literally drugging her. No, no, but that's the point. What I'm saying is there's motive behind this. I need the money that you will leave me when you are killed, whereas my understanding of true horrible gaslighting is I just need you to be dependent upon me. I need you to Oh, be... you need to listen to the Judith Lucy podcast. Oh, okay. Cool. No, I, I, I haven't actually got around to it. It's only eight episodes. Only, good. The thing being that I don't want to lessen real gaslighting, which is a psychological fuck-up, with here is an Agatha Christie motive for we just want to drive her crazy so we can take her money I'm away. I'm not understanding. It's the same thing. Abuse can have ostensible motives. Abusers don't think I'm doing this because I want to abuse this person. No. Abusers, even if they think they're being honest, will think they're doing something good. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. This is a motive. This is a specifically motive. I mean, this would be the kind of thing that could turn up in Murder, She Wrote. But it's still gaslighting. The activity, the physicality of what he's doing is absolutely the gaslighting techniques. But it's a motived crime as opposed to the truly fucked up where you've got two people suffering the negative aspects of one person's mental issues, which is that they need to just simply... They're not... They're not... And, I mean, I say this... Okay, all right. Daria, did you get Botox? Because I'm trying to discern your expression right now. (laughs) A genuine gaslighting relationship. There's no motive at the end. The person doesn't consciously think, I need to drive this person insane so I can get... The the motive is... Whether it's oh, gaslighting. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's like no. if he was physically beating her to take her money, that wouldn't be any less spousal abuse. Okay, all right. Yeah. In that case, I'll yeah. dial that back. Yeah. I don't want to. All right. Yeah. So, what I will say is then. Right, so we get the big reveal, which is that Duncan has been actively gaslighting Sonia with an intent to drive her crazy to the point where she can be talked into taking her own life. While drugged up by him. While drugged up by him and hallucinating. And, and apparently super suggestible, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, almost, it's, it's the weird hypnosis of the 1930s and 40s. Yeah, there is a weird that, hypnosis like, I can in there. It, it, it is a bit... These are multi-purpose evil drugs. Yeah. And so the idea being that he and... We didn't uh, mention the S&M scene. Well, no, that was what I was going to say. So he and Diana can actually then escape with all the money that Sonia's been left by her... Previous Her previous husband. And we end up with these increasingly crazy hallucinatory scenes, which ends with... Looks like fever dreams. Yeah, with Sonia actually getting up at one point from a weird drugged dream and we get all that classic 1970s in and out of focus and colour cut on the footage, walking into another room and seeing a bondage scene with the hostess tied up. Were the dreams in black and white? No. Okay. No, they were coloured. They were just. Oh very... yeah, no, they were because the red devil mask. Yeah, but you remember the previous one. In the past, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I was just like, is that that a thing now? The past of the actual film just and taking the mask off and it being revealed that it's Duncan. 
that we don't definitely know for sure yet, but I think it cuts then to the next scene with Jack waking up and he mm. finds the necklace yeah. and that's when he gets the phone call. And it's made 100% clear when we get Duncan and Diane in the car together. Before I kill you, Mr. Bonding. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> a bit of a clunky, those hallucinogenic drugs I've been giving her. And it's like... And our S&M session. <laughs> Mr. Exposition in the background just holding up, in case you didn't pay attention to this sequence. And, and she's going, it's like she's going to go, oh, is that oh, is that? <laughs> oh, you've been giving her hallucinogenic drugs. I just thought you were really persuasive. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then we get the big final scene where they try to talk her into killing herself. We find out she wasn't drugged. I guess she just sort of stashed them under the mattress. I think that either she or she and Jack realise don't taste. Yeah, and that's pills. what I'm thinking. I think we have misery syndrome. Oh, where oh she's gosh. obviously stashed pills that he's meant she's oh. meant to have swallowed or whatever. Yeah. On and that last one. If Jack then took because Jack finds the forgotten mystery missing necklace in Diane's flat and thus he probably took it back to Sonia because it's her necklace if nothing else Mm -hmm. and that probably gave him enough for her to go okay now I know I've been forgetting stuff but I have absolutely no reason to go into Diane's flat and put my jewellery in there yeah that's right and then we end up with that sort of weird situation where we finally have the bust happen and I guess we assume there's a whole lot of recording equipment or whatever and then Jack bursts in to save Sonia from throwing herself and then the cops turn up afterwards yeah let's lead off with the landlord maybe Maybe he just had the key. <laughs> oh, I assume the cops were just hidden nearby and were, yeah, same, were, to were able honest. to go, oh, he's clearly telling her to kill herself. Just let me check if that's a crime, then I'll be right on it. They let it go to the point where she's up on top and she actually says, you know, I didn't think you were ever going to come. So where was her next bluff? What was she going to do after Maybe there was a trampoline the down the bottom. <laughs> trampoline. Um, and that's it. And that's the, you know, yes, we bookend with the rape with Vera. But I would say that the, insofar as if this was a standalone film, the plot that runs through would probably be the Sonia Duncan, Jack and Diana plot. Agreed, but then... How much longer do we have to go on with this silly charade? I think tonight should see the end of it. After a little flagellation act last night and the hallucinatory drugs I've been giving her, Sonia's in a very highly emotional state. Her mind's about ready to crack. After that, the rest should be easy. And tonight will be the perfect time. Jack's had to fly up to Brisbane. Good. Oh, I'd be glad to put an end to all this play acting. If I'd had to listen to one more merry quip out of Mr. Sellers, to say nothing to him pawing me about in bed all the time. Oh, darling. Just wait till we're together. Somewhere abroad. Living on all that lovely money willed by Sonia Hunter to a grief-stricken husband. Then we'll all have been well worthwhile. We've only a few more hours to go. One hour and 11 minutes was the gay kiss. Oh. So I'm prepared to give that as the big, but there's no real, I wouldn't be surprised if this didn't follow movie Well, no, because it's, it's no principles. T- an extended TV episode. Yes. And I would say, if nothing else, the Jack, Sonia, Diana Duncan plot is the closest to an actual plot that mm. has something, it begins and shows how it begins, it develops mm. with events that lead into each other and has a wrap-up conclusion. The mm. anniversary one is close behind, it, I say behind because ultimately, even though it does work that way, there's actually not much going on. Can I take two seconds? Because what I was going to say is, because there are movies where you could pull the Jack, Diana, Sonia, Duncan plot and make a film in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Mm. I've come back from the psychiatric yep. ward, here mm-hmm. is the person, blah, 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 blah. 
you could absolutely pull the Ruby Wedding anniversary plot and make that a carry-on film. And, oh, and, oh and yes. Those are the two, yeah, I'd agree with you that you could I mean, it wouldn't be a good film, but and, yes, no. you could. Whereas everything else, the gay lovers plot, the spa bath plot, the Aldo, they're all TV shows. They're all episodes. Yes, yeah. and they all just stop. Yeah. it's. And Is it's, there a trailer, Dario? No, there's not actually. Oh, there no. isn't? No, well, well, there isn't one I could find, moreover. It's, the way I would actually describe this movie, it is a soap opera. It's yes. With three or many four plot plots. Lines. Yeah, three or four plot lines all centred around, oh my God, all centred around number 96. Oh, fuck yeah, we didn't say it, did we? <laughs> <laughs> So, so number 96 is a, is block, a, of eight is a block of flats <laughs> above a grocery store a deli. and at the time... A deli and a wine bar. What, it's a grocery. Yeah, I know it oh is, my God. but they always it, say it's deli. It looks so much like Open All Hours. Did you ever watch Open All Hours? No. Okay, so Open All Hours was a Rings Ronnie Bark oh, okay. TV sitcom from the UK in the, oh God, the late 70s, early 80s, and it was The Corner Shop. So literally... Everything from cigarettes to flour to how prominent were the cigarettes to... in this, or is it just oh my God, to no, the smoker? No, well, because it was driving me mad, man. God, you would have had to get outside every two minutes for this bloody thing. Well, I certainly did in the first five. <laughs> but yeah, so it's the corner store that supplies everything. Yeah, including racial stereotypes. And then on the other side, and I'm signalling with my hands, is this bar, I the guess? wine bar, the wine bar. So yeah. I believe downstairs there used to be a chemist shop, and something happened, and yeah. they turned it into a wine bar. They talk about it in the last episode which is also available on the internet on youtube uh now which one's abigail she's not in this film (laughs) also not starring in this movie she is on the cover of the dvd but she's not in the movie really yeah i didn't hoist that so abigail was like australia's sex symbol oh in that case yes she is she's absolutely right and if I think she might be the one that takes a fur coat off to be just in a slip. Probably. That sounds very Abigail. Yeah. Can I just jump to the very end of the film? Yeah, absolutely. At the party, and a woman comes in on a horse, dressed as Lady Godiva, Mm. and one of the characters says, bloody hell, it's Abigail. Yep, yes they do. But it's not Abigail, and there's no Abigail credited anywhere. No, because... And Abigail's the actress's name, not the characters that she played. Yep. I think she was Bev, Bev Houghton. Yeah, that's who Abigail played, Bev Houghton, yes. <laughs> what he's saying is, look, it's that celebrity who's famous for being blonde and naked. Yeah. Uh-huh. He is likening the character's portrayal of Lady Godiva to Abigail's reputation. Who was Lady Godiva? Norma. Norma. The bar what? manager. Of course it was. Of this course is it was. Thank another you. Another thing about this is right at the very end, it just... I mean, we talk about the fourth wall breaks every now and again. This just barrels through the fourth wall and says, ah, fuck it. With the uh, words on the screen of, oh, what the hell? Let's have a happy Let's ending. Let's have a happy ending. Can I bring the tone down a whole lot? The racism. Oh, right, yes. No, we don't have an actual <laughs> racism plot, but we have racism. Yes, oh, yeah. so at the Ruby anniversary party oh, ends up God. being a costume party. Yeah. And young, or oh, what's, no. what's that beautiful oh. boy's name? What's his name? Uh, Arnold. Young Arnold is blackface. in blackface. And he says to one of the waiters that I think more drinks are required here. And the waiter pushes him away while saying, listen, mate, no bloody N-word tells me what to do. 
Which is weird because And then he just goes back not. to the group oh, of people he's talking that. about with his tail between his legs. Yeah. But that was just nasty. No. Like I said, there are two, and again, they were both race. And, you know, oh my God, massively when this podcast is being recorded as well, look up the history books. Black Lives Matter, and if you don't think that, you can fuck off. Damn, Skippy, 100%. And yeah, the only two things that really made me uncomfortable, both race-based. Oh, don't move to Point Piper. Mm -hmm. And then then the the black face and the N-word at the end. Sorry, yeah. In some ways, the Fox Stadium and got taken out of this movie is the opposite of what they do now, what they have been doing now, in fact, that they left in the blackface and took out the gay kiss. Mm, Yeah. God, you're so right. Um, My gosh. But at least... The day of recording, a bunch of news items landed about shows that are being pulled because of their use of blackface. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. There was one in particular that really struck me. That Chris I Lilly? Little no. Britain. Little Britain. That's right. That they pulled a whole the bunch of The chaser apologised. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and the Little Britain guys both said, yeah, that's that's fair. You should yeah. do that. That's and totally yeah. right. Yeah. That's the only way to do it is own it. We, I think we might have mentioned a couple of times we were fans of, of crack videos back in the day. Oh, God, the, yes, of course. Absolutely. First, this isn't race, but the very first episode of one of my favourite ones, which was After Hours, involved one of the actors, of one of the characters played by Michael Swaim talking about how maths is gay. And he owns oh, it. If someone, talking about what? Maths is gay. Are they talking about... Maths is gay. Sums, yeah. sums is gay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Sums. I've clearly missed that one. Well, it was, it's literally the first episode, the one with Back to the Future. Really, really funny. But that was his character. He was meant to be a bit obnoxious. Uh, that was right. the joke they came up with. But it was a joke that was acceptable at the time. And naughty, he, naughty crack. He totally owns it. He 100% says, yeah, that's what we said at the time. Does. Because he's awesome and he's amazing and he's mm. evolved. And cracked is shit now. Well, cracked is gone. Like, no, it's not. No, mm. all but... Chris Lilly, I mean, I don't know what his reaction to this has been. But I've not seen him say anything. But he was so late to the brown face and black face is bad yeah. party that mm. when I first still... saw the trailer for his show where he's playing the Jonah, kid, Jonah, yeah, from Tonga? wherever, Jonah from Tonga, Jonah from... in blackface. At first, I thought, okay. This must be some kind of blackface is a bad thing being shown to yeah, me. Yeah, apparently not a... I literally couldn't believe that he would still do blackface genuinely, for want of a better word, in the year yeah. it came out. John Saffron did blackface and he did it to <laughs> infiltrate the KKK. He deliberately did it as a political and... And he was statement. just saying, this is exactly what black people yeah. look like in Australia, but it was still proven a fucking point. I need to make a statement now, and I want to make it very, very clear. I say this with nothing about it beyond this is fact this is fact i make no statement about whether it's right or wrong i work with islanders and they find his character hilarious I am I so confused by what you just said. That's, you work with islanders. I work with I work with people. My, Who? my work. Okay. I work with what, people. How many as, islanders do you work with? A couple. And they find him hilarious. They find that character hilarious. That's all I'm going to say. I am simply saying I don't know how to react to that. As a white person, I can't. Yeah, right. How do you tell someone of the heritage that is being... Wow. I don't know how to deal with it. I genuinely don't know. Because I can't tell them they're wrong. Are they just really young? No. Really? No. They're thirties. They themselves find that character hilarious. I don't know what to do with I, that information. One of Jeez. my friends who has this East Asian descent is of this interesting position that do that in the modern times, she finds it offensive, horrible, all the yeah. things you expect. If she's watching something older, like when Mickey Rooney turns up in Breakfast at Tiffany's, she thinks that's hilarious. Hmm. And obviously there's a disjoint in the time, but apparently she's if it happened forty years ago and I can't do anything about it, it's hilarious that people were so stupid. 
if it's happening now, it's horrible that people mm. are so stupid. It's, I it's, don't know what to say to like any of this. And that's the thing. I, and I mean, I don't know what to do with that information. I don't. How, as a white person, how do you be offended on behalf of someone else? People get confused. Why not leave that all up? And so we don't know the answer or we don't know what to say. And then people can educate us. Be, be, be open about, about not the lack knowing. of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, so I don't know. I mean, because. We uh, don't know and we far need be it to from, know. Far from me to tell someone that they should be offended. Yeah. I mean, I comprehend my friend's thing because it's a distance thing. Yeah. But that's right. Your friends are talking about something that's been made and done here and now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's one of the two in particular finds it piss funny. Absolutely loves it. Absolutely loves it. And I don't know what to do with that information. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway. No, no, this is, this is really, well, no, this, this stupid abusive brain fart is going back right to the first two minutes of number 96 because when Vera is being gang raped there is a female bikey there who's touching herself i actually was talking to raddy i was talking to daria about this while you they're the same person i was talking to daria about this and i asked that same thing it's like that concept of a female in a gang watching another female be raped and like i said my thought is she's internalized her abuse. well we recognize that probably they just said get an actress in and be an evil laugh and just you're watching something terrible i mean is oh, it really oh, God, oh yeah, yeah I don't okay think, yeah I don't think yeah any i that. see we, we think that's what the makers did yeah we yeah weren't going i see any that if they decided to do that today and were trying to kind of come up with some sort of commentary on what she was seeing there might be depth in there but yeah and then we could go in with well at least not her you know she's the only female in that gang no so she was enjoying else. it yeah, and, you know, you can, equality, fucking, you know, there can be fucked up women too. Women yeah. can get off on that sort of stuff as yeah. well. Oh, woman, yeah. on, woman yeah. on woman rape, sadly, is definitely a thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, I mean, she's on screen for all of, like, a minute. Yeah. And so I think part of the intent was this is how horrible this is. Even the woman who she might have expected to step in and rescue her mm. yeah. is no better than any of the chaps around her and... Yeah, we don't know if if she got up close and personal and watched, or she was like next in line or something, or what. Yeah, and to assume it certainly that, didn't have a impression that she was next in line. Not necessarily. No, oh, no, 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 not in in the moment. But if, let's assume this is all real. You know, let's assume this is our sure, sure. for a second. She is literally the only woman in a group of half a dozen guy bikers, and if they don't expend their energy on a different female, I didn't get what that is because she? she's like quotation marks with a man. Uh, yeah. And being with a man is a woman's protection. Oh, God, yeah. Bikey mole culture, that yeah. whole horrible concept of I belong to this person yeah. means I am protected. I mean, that's a prison thing. That's, you know, that's a thing that crosses genders. I am with this one person who is tough enough to fight off all these other people. Yeah. Therefore, I only it need was to worry very, about it. very And, I mean, it could be as simple as she's just a very cruel person. And Oh, absolutely. And, but, yeah, no, and it certainly... I can definitely see in the concept of number 96 as the soap opera, which, as we said before, was one of the first big soap operas in, in Australia, the longest running one until oh, what's others for a while? afterwards. Yes. And if you watch again, if you watch that final episode, poor old Dory, Pat McDonald got really teary just at the very end. They did a big old, you know, <laughs> She probably knows she'd never be recognised as anything else. <laughs> well, this is um, based slightly on the commentary, but 
they did say we knew we could do more sex and violence in the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. so they put sexual violence right up front. Yeah. yeah. Let's shock our audience. You know, they've come in to watch an episode of number 96. I don't doubt that they went. Because the series was incredibly popular and people went to the cinema in droves. Yes. They went back and back. Like I said, there were cheers every time one of the new, new character came you know, on. I remember watching later episode of Seinfeld. And it was a similar thing, you know, Kramer would come oh. bursting through the door. Oh, God, there's a... Would come bursting through the door and there'd be cheers, you know, but would appear. all along the show? Not early on. Not early on. Start, Not no, early no, on. Once okay. the character established themselves. Once yeah, he was right. established as the popular zine. Yeah. yeah. This is one of the reasons... I'm not doing the film must be regarded in isolation like I did of the book adaptation last time is mm. because I don't think this was really intended as anything other than you were supposed to go straight from watching the TV series mm-hmm. to watching the movie to, yeah. and go back well, and watch more TV series. Well, you're exactly right because, you know, as this movie. was made during the Christmas break, mm-hmm. so the show was off air, mm-hmm. that had to finish. We introduced colour in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's the gateway to the new season. Yeah. And it was interesting because when they were making number 96, they had decided they wanted an Australian Coronation, Coronation Street, Street yeah. with more sex and violence. I don't know how much of the violence came out, but it was the sex. That was what, there you know, was nudity. There was a violence in, oh, no, the, in the show. Film. Well, was there a lot in the show? Because I know there was actually, weirdly, I know for a fact that when they were actually making the series, they showed a satanic rite and that was one of the more mm. controversial things. Our ruby wedding arrangements, so I'll have you know it is my ruby wedding, mine and Herbert's. Well, you know what I mean. No, indeed I do not. At the moment, you are just a faceless name and a guest list. Oh, thanks a bunch. Mm. Hello. I will speak to Aldo about the use of his Connaught rooms. I mean, the fact that you won't be big enough. And we should get a big discount in the use of the hall, you know, because of our lifelong intimacy. Hello, hello, hello. Now it's all coming out, isn't it, eh? So, Patterson, I will thank you not to be facetial. And kindly put that sausage in your mouth where it belongs. And it was funny, actually, because we were discussing the possibility that if we ever decided we wanted to do an episodic deep dive into a series, you could do worse than number 96. Absolutely, yeah. We reckon- oh, okay, that's completely not what I expected you to say. Because <laughs> I reckon, we, I mean, we were talking about this, you wouldn't necessarily want to do one show per episode, partly because, as, as Daria points out, there are missing episodes. But also, yeah. you'll have some, you know, it was like five times a week for a period. Of five time. times a week in half-hour episodes and then twice a week in hour-long yeah. episodes. But it would be kind of curious to see where they went with the series. I'd be curious to see what it led up to and what it... Well, they, they did a lot of ending on cliffhangers and Callum you watched the final episode didn't you? I watched okay now I watched what is on YouTube as the final episode there are a couple of things which are worth noting one of them it is literally a curtain call that's on YouTube so I don't know if there was any oh, episode see, with the exception of like I said that little introduction which is you know what could she possibly be writing about and it's yeah. literally there was once a building called number 96 or something yeah. every other part of it is here is this Dudley also known as Chad Haywood yeah, here yeah. is Flo Patterson but you know them you know, sorry here is Bunny Brook or you know them as Flo Patterson or whatever and it's really lovely and it was really weird while I was watching this because I even got a little choked up at the end because it was so there was so it's really weird I've seen final episodes of things I saw the final episode of oh god there's a whole bunch you know and the actors all get very teary and you, you often see them. There are some. There were some episodes. I'm we... picturing Wash. Why does my script only go to here? <laughs> <laughs> Alan Dyke, man. <laughs> I think it's. Oh no, it's Tudyk, maybe. I don't Dyke. know. That's why I'm asking. I think it's Tudyk or Tudyk. I can't remember which one it is for certain. Possibly Tudyk. 
Anyway, and I've seen things like the Good Life episode that they recorded in front of the or Prince wow. Philip or someone, and they actually kind of got on. I saw the episode, well, the episode, but I saw the little bit of Yes Minister, which Margaret Thatcher wrote a script for them. What? Uh, it's really naughty. Well, there's the final episode of Mash that yeah. was the highest rated viewing of an episode in the country. Television show of all time, ever. Still. Still. Because of the way that people watch television now. Well, yeah, but think, that's now. This no, happened 30 years ago. But that's ago. the thing. They think it will never be beaten. They because never, we don't watch TV because now. We because don't, we stream we it. We don't watch it in that thing. So The Red Wedding, I think, is fourth or fifth, maybe, most yeah. watched episode of any TV show ever. Yeah, right. Within the, because that's the thing. You know, you go back and watch it again. At the same time. No, and that's the thing. So what is it? Um, go, uh, Not Going Home. What, are they, what was the episode of MASH? Goodbye, uh, Farewell, Amen. Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen. That's right. Right. Apparently, most watch episode of any television show it was ever. Beautiful though, do you remember it? Poss- mm. I do, I do, oh, and yeah. possibly, yeah, never to be beaten because of the way we consume. Yeah, because even if there is something that big now, not every we won't watch it at the same time. Yeah, even if we all watch it the same night because we're that excited, right. some will watch when I get home from work, some will have That's dinner right. in front of it, some will have dinner first, some will go, oh, I got this thing, but I can watch it when I get home. I stay up. And yeah. there's no such thing as live anymore. No, of course there's, not. There's live, live, as in this is when it's been delivered. Yeah, but of course, immediately people will then have recorded it digitally and punched up on and even most live traditional TV stations have plus services and watch later right. and iView yeah. and what's the BBC one iPlayer I think the I close... mean none of it works in Australia because fuck you Malcolm Turnbull oh god that I <laughs> two or three times just in the last week or so I was trying to live stream so I was trying to watch YouTube at one point it was terrible but yeah so we will never consume that and it means that every now and again when a live episode of a series drops so I think one of the last ones that I can remember being really but well actually there's two there was an episode of ER which mm. was live okay and they actually really Played it live, yes. Twice. Must have been um, hard. Wow. Seriously, as in they put the recording and did it live or they did it live again a second time? Did it live again a second time because wow. of the time zones. Oh, my God. Wow. So, yeah, and it was... A, I, a I literally, to viewers at home, did the Macaulay Culkin shock face. Did you still have George Clooney at that point? Sure I, I know it had Anthony Edwards. Uh, I'm not sure because yeah. I didn't really watch ER much and most of my knowledge of it or even watching of it came after it was mm. done. And there was a telly movie about, oh, shit, I can't remember the name of it, but it was actually done in black and white. It had Harvey Keitel and a couple of other people. Fail safe. Is that the one? Excellent. What is it? Yes. Fail, Fail safe. safe. And the story is, I got is a, okay, America accidentally launches a nuke against Russia oh. and it lands. And America basically offers to bomb one of their own cities as proof that it was a mistake. And then it plays out, and it was incredibly tense. It was unbelievable. That's amazing. And you, you basically also watched live, the play yeah. out. Yeah, and they, they did it live. Ah. And that was the thing. That was one Okay, of so how technologically advanced were we at the time? So you're saying it played out live. Are people having the reaction like people listening to War of the Worlds on the radio? No. Well, oh, no, they, they knew it wasn't so real. So they did know it wasn't real. Oh, yeah, yeah no, because, because it was like big name actors. Yeah, I mean, okay, it, cool. it was Noah Wiley and George Clooney and people yeah, like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they, sorry. They knew it was, it was, it was early 2000s? 2000. Yeah. Oh, there you go. But it was an amazing thing. And it was weird because, and this is one thing I actually wanted to say very, very quickly, because part of the thing I got from this, and also we were talking about it in Endgame last last episode. In play, not in game. That's Sorry. Marvel. And we were talking but about it. I was it. wondering, 
I was amazed we got through that whole episode and not did that once. <laughs> yes. Oh, the amount of times I was just trying to look stuff up online and I just had to go back and check the original name because like, that doesn't sound right. And yeah, what we were talking about with Endplay last episode yeah. was the theatrical level of acting. And yes. there's a lot of that in this. There's very definite, I mean, you know, the farcical bits, you know, people bursting into sets, you know, doors opening. And did you notice a couple of times, you know, doors sort of opening and not when they weren't meant to? Oh, and... I noticed a lot. Of yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> but it was Most... still not on the same level as end play. No. no Sorry, Daria, you were mid sentence. Most. Mostly when Dory was trying to get away from Horace. Oh, God. Yes. And she, op- yes. she very much fully opens the door and could keep pulling and just... It because, just yeah. lambs closed for no reason. Yeah, because he's not even near her at this point. She could yeah. just walk out if she wanted to. Yes. yes. And so one of the things that I really got from it was that feeling that if you were watching it, it would seem there's a visceral nature to watching a stage play because above and beyond just what you're seeing as part of the play... Yeah. Somebody could fall over, somebody could make a mistake. Sure, yeah. There's a little frisson of extraness. Extras. Extraness. There's a little frisson of extra tension, involvement, yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. when Unknown. you see a stage show. Yeah. Yeah, that's Something. a good word. The unexpected, yeah. Yeah, and even on live when it all goes right, you can, all the little almost fluffs or someone doubling back and again, stuff you wouldn't notice in real life and stuff you almost don't notice while watching, maybe mm. only subconsciously. Yeah. Because no one can say, Oh, George, you accidentally clicked against your teeth when you did that. Can you go again? Yeah. Mm. You just have to leave him when he clicks the teeth and everyone in the country sees it. And they probably don't notice, but it'll feel different because not everyone is giving a click straight performance like they're used to seeing mm. on television. Yeah, that's and right. And I think for something like Failsafe, it's almost a gimme because what they do is they get a level of tension. They advertise it. This is live. This will go out live at this time. So you have an initial tension, which they were really good at capitalising on and making it even more, and the same with ER. And although number 96, I don't believe it ever went live. Not that um, I know of, but... It, no. It felt the final curtain call one, for example, is in front of a live audience. You hear applause and so on. So you do get the impression of a, a visceral... Is it an actual live audience or is it no. cast and crew it's... who weren't... Look, the episode is definitely edited, but it's edited in front of, in front okay, of a live yep, audience. Okay, yeah, sure. You okay, can cool. Hear, you can hear cheers. Oh, yeah, no, and, and there's definitely more than the six or seven people applauding like you sometimes I, get I, Oh, it's not six the... or seven people that would have been involved in making that show. Oh, no, 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 no. no what, what, what I'm saying is that there's an audience. It feels like an audience okay, as opposed cool. to it feels yeah, like just yeah. whatever was crew up. Anyway. That's how I do most sitcoms these days that have laughter. The audience are there, but they still edit them afterwards mm. to show us like... And that's where oh, yeah. we talk about MASH before. If you go back and you watch older episodes of MASH with a laugh track, you can actually hear there is a particular laugh that's part of the recorded laugh track that you can recognise and hear again and again Oh, over I could never episodes. be in a laugh track because my laugh is so fucking loud. Well, yeah, you need that kind of low-level saturation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I couldn't... You can't have a very specifically recognisable... And, yeah, there is a squeaky note in the laugh track on episodes of MASH that you can kind of pick. <laughs> What's the situation? Well, surely if they sign their names... No, 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 it, it, it doesn't mean a thing, as I explained to Flo Patterson. It was only their copy of the certificate. Now, legally, she's married to Herb, even if he signed a Mickey Mouse. <laughs> now, I must say, though, this Horace character sounds a real shit. <laughs> How they're going to get rid of him is quite another matter. And I don't want to see your ugly mug again as long as I live. Get it? 
think we're at that point where we're kind of sort of wrapping up our notes. I don't think... Oh, I did like the fact that the director of photography was John McClane. What? Oh, yeah. no, I didn't see that. That's fabulous. No. Yep. I've actually got written down waiter in swimming pool here. Oh, um, yeah. We've that guy that. went on to be to study to be a brain surgeon. Oh, really? What? That's so cool. Oh, my God, that's amazing. The special number 96, they said it wouldn't last. That was to celebrate 1,000 episodes. Because we were talking, it was about 1,400 and something episodes they did in the end, wasn't it? About 1,200. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty awesome. So, bravo. Well done, man. Longest running series. And it justifies that final episode where it was a massive curtain call because that was the thing that blew me away. Because I didn't realise just how huge this so was. So we It wasn't just briefly, chances. Briefly. Oh, who went on to do chances? Abigail. Abigail went on to do there chances. There we go. Chances. 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 Oh, you wanted to mention chances? Yes. Can I just say real real quick? So we had the bomb plot, but previously we also had the pantyhose murderer and the knicker snipper. Yep. Oh, my God. So pantyhose murderer, fairly obvious. Or knicker sniffer. Snipper. So pantyhose murderer strangled women using stockings. Yeah. But the knicker snipper would cut out the crotch or chips of brass and undies. And with that in mind, why did Dory's pants fall down when she was oh, like for no bowling? reason at all? That was like no reason. Every I mean, other that, part because she didn't get her shoes whitened. I I mean that's a thing that can happen. But also yeah. she lost her skirt at the ball. At the yeah. wedding anniversary. Yeah, she just isn't good at picking clothes in her size. Weird. I mean, women have hips. You know this. They're not just going to fall off. Yeah, but I know that does happen. It's sometimes the elastic in your knickers goes and it just drops. Mm. Well, yeah. true, yeah, it was I the suppose. O- it was the only thing Old that was knickers, wasn't... I guess, is the there answer. Was no Chekhov's knickers. We had Chekhov's shoes. Yes. We, we had Chekhov's <laughs> stadium from the Captain <laughs> Cook day. Oh. But we didn't have Chekhov's. We had no explanation for the knickers falling yeah, down I, other I, than they just fell no. down. I think it was just plain slapstick. And yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, you're I right. lived through a similar incident, so I didn't find <gasps> it unfeasible. Oh, no, I'm so... Oh, I'm so... no. You shouldn't do long balls anymore. (laughs) Anyway, chances. 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 Let's talk chances. If anything, very briefly. Spiritual success to the show, it's chances. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Umbrella, I'm just saying that that's an Australian show and all the episodes still exist. Yeah, a two DVD set. If you don't have them yourselves, Umbrella, you can get them from the film and sound. National film and sound. Where apparently all of the scripts for number 96 are. Yeah, not all the episodes, but the scripts are. NFSA has all the the transcript. But yes, chances. Don't give us a bloody two disc highlights of it. We know how crazy that shit was. We want to see where it started. If if you do a proper, why am I talking as if, as if they're listening. I, no, moreover, I'm... Well, we know they listen. <laughs> because they said we, so. We hope and we cross our fingers that they listen. We can at least take them at their word on this. True. I'm more at my gestures as if they're sitting inside the microphone. every episode. I do like the fact you're pointing at the... Yeah, that's what I'm umbrella talking about. microphones, the, yes. But if you release that properly... We will do that show episode by episode. episode. I would love yeah. to episode by episode. Okay, I, I am up for that completely. Cross, so we will continue Ozploitation, but we will do Chances episode I, by episode. Because I would love and to. And we will advertise you in everyone, and we have advertised you in our every other podcast. Because I would so. love to see the episode where they went bug fuck crazy. There was the, a point. Oh, God, yes. Serious. Oh, yeah, Ish. we want to see everything. We want to see from the start of the 
the rich person's thriller to where the sex came in to when there yeah. were vampires biting people on the dick. We need the vampires. Yeah. And the female Amazon island where they've got yes. the cell phone. Oh and the god, god plot, the subplot with the old dude in the big room covered okay, that in that I remember. Yeah. And the angel versus the devil. There was yeah. an angel and a devil. Okay, what? Umbrella, this sounds absolutely we need brilliant. We want the whole of chances. Okay. You, you, me. All right. Let's use our influence. Let's contact Umbrella. Let's get chances. Well, we're not contacting Umbrella. We're telling Umbrella through our podcast. They listen to our podcast. They're not going to listen to two hours of this bullshit to just land on that. (laughs) One other thing I'd like to say very quickly. And it was actually during the lawn bowls, the Marquise of Queensbury, and they referred to her as her. They double tapped on the her. Yeah, that's because because Dory Dory doesn't know anything. No, but then Flo actually (laughs) then... And said she was talking about it boxing. as boxing. Yeah, mm. I thought it was kind of cool that they yeah. they both that flow isn't always right. No, no. <laughs> yes, because that was the way it was sort of played out. And I love the fact that flow, who was seen to be the ultimate down to earth character, as soon as a metho drinking pratfaller was introduced, she oh. was the one like when they were having the meal. She was the one going really just want to maybe go away for a while. And occasionally on the commentary, they abbreviate it as would happen at the time as and I imagine older people still do just straight to meth. Oh yeah, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, granted, not is particularly good for you. So. No. <laughs> I can't imagine Horace would have been much better off if he'd been... <laughs> oh, that was um, so bad. So, yeah, I reckon... Look, again, as I said, if this was a standalone film on its own, Ausploitation, eh, it's just an Australian movie. In the greater scope of what it is, this is Ausploitation gold. It's fucking amazing. And you could use it as a kickoff point to seeing those episodes of it that can... And well, we kind of did some of us. Yeah, well, say yeah, some. you're There's right. Us, no, we yeah, did, yeah, so yeah, we all, we all, and we all dived in. We all dived in different directions. It's kind it of our kind job, of cool. though. Yeah, our mate Brianna Betts was in the first episode. Yeah. Hey, holy crap! There you go. Don't really know what else to say to that. <laughs> no, that, that, that was that was a, yeah. So, yeah. who has a score? Yeah, I don't. I'm. <sighs> I'm really torn. Yeah. And I and the reason I'm really torn, and I know that it, I know you always get really frustrated at me, Daria, for kind of giving cause behind my score and deep no, diving I don't. on. I uh, yeah, right, get okay. frustrated. All right. I think you get frustrated I don't do it. Oh, okay. All right. The reason the reason <laughs> that, that you're I'm... struck by my childlike naivety to just <laughs> say a number with how much I like it and move on. All right. <laughs> the reason that I'm I'm really torn on this one is that if I am simply taking it from the point of view of quality it's and if you were to watch this without a greater understanding of what it is and what it represents it's a two can i interject on film quality because that made a difference on where we sourced it from Mm. so there's one that was given to us and that was really low quality and the sound was terrible Mm. that's as good as it gets though well no the one from vimeo was a lot better than what we had watched. Oh, okay. Except I... there were, in the special and in the main feature, there were bits of several minutes where where nothing happened. I mean, the film said it kept playing, but there was no sound and the audio was frozen. Oh. But oh. other than those bits... Uh, <laughs> other it, than the bits where the sound didn't work at all. And, okay, and the yeah, picture I... didn't work, yeah. It, My it didn't look was... as bad as it did otherwise. Oh, my mistake. So I was going from what they said on the DVD where they said this was the best we could get. So I guess maybe they 
they could get better after they made the DVD. Mm. Well, maybe it's just different systems. The first one I watched was the one you sent us, and then I watched the one I bought from Vimeo, and the latter was much better quality, except for there was a major break in the feature, and there was a major break in and that was one definitely of the not just like the streaming. That was yeah, no, it wasn't. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. that's weird. Yeah, so the the audio version. quality like drove mental. Was, Didn't the audio yeah. drive you mad? No, no, it was fine. I just turned yeah, it on. Right. It bugged me that it was low, which meant occasionally the sound volume or quality improved. It suddenly boomed out again. Oh, um, yeah, it really, really did. But, yeah, I didn't find it incomprehensible or, un- or I didn't find it surprising given the quality of the pictures it was going with. Mm. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Where were we? Okay, so the point that the, all I wanted to say was the ranking and the grading on this one was really difficult for me because up until now, believe it or not, I've tried to simply just grade them on the quality of the movies themselves. The reason I gave Santa sure. Street a half a star, I recognise it was a terrible film, but as I said, I caveated it with I think it was meant to be a lot more. I'm actually yeah. going to go out differently this time and I'm going to grade this on where it stands, not just in the movies, not just in Ausploitation, but as so much of what it is, I am going to give this four invisible grand pianos out of five because I genuinely think that as an anchor point for Ausploitation in its grander scheme of what it was and the maturing of Australian cinema and TV, yeah, four grand pianos out of five. Yeah, and I'm giving Invisible it, grand pianos. I'm giving it the same number of Polari phrase books because... <laughs> I did enjoy watching it, and I've also enjoyed being opened into the world of yeah. number 96. Yeah, it's a gateway drug. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, you're looking at me so expectantly. Well, I, I know, but... The pressure. You're like, hanging on, my every Is it a little syllable. Bit like a, I've just driven the Top Gear test track, and I wanted to know what my score was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, to begin with, this movie was incredibly hard to watch. Mm. We... Started with this disgusting violation. We went straight to a woman who is stupid. It was really, yeah, stupid. Mm. Sorry, Callum's shrugging. No, 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 but but that was okay. Yeah, she's right. She was, she was naive and stupid. Yes. Was she naive? She was naive. No, no, she she didn't even say naive. She said naive. Naive, and that's the point. I think she was insular. She was, she was in her own world. So it was very difficult to start this film. That kind of makes it hard to relate her to the real world scenario, which is the most of the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's Uh, kind of like watching Band of Brothers and Mork turns up. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, and I love the idea that you trust enough of our listeners to know who Mork is. Of course. Absolutely. If you don't, Google that shit and you'll be happy. M-O-R-K. Anyway, yes. Yes. And then I started watching this and thoroughly enjoyed it i would have been happy to see more gosh after watching this film i'd be happy to watch the whole series Mm. i think that's all down to tom oliver a lot of it our anchor to the real world yeah yeah yep he'd almost have a character arc which is of course really unusual Mm -hmm. to have in a a... and no one has a character arc no no one has a character arc in a soap opera because you can't make well, sorry, no one has a character arc in a soap opera. That's a terrible thing to say. It's very but difficult to give. Episode. Especially if they're a long-running character. Because if they yeah. change too much, they're not the character that people That's right. tune into. Well, Jack comes across, at least in the, the space of the film, he comes across the most like a guy you'd know. Yeah. 
And he loves platonically and is very protective of his friends. Yeah. And that I like. And I don't know what the rest of the series does with this. No, but aren't you curious to find out? And that's yes. what I think is but amazing I, about this. I am also always impressed, especially the further back you go in time, when they show platonic relationships, friendships mm. yes. between a man and a woman, especially without an excuse to make it platonic. And, well, even now that doesn't happen. Mm. And it, actually, that's really weird. I would... Oh, God. Okay, here we go massively deep dive for a second. I would argue the kiss on the forehead is the most important kiss in the whole movie. All the gay kiss, all of everyone else, that moment when they quite clearly go... We're both single. We've come out of the tail end of this thing. Now oh. let's hook up. And instead it's, you know, maybe in a different time, in a different place. Oh. And he kisses oh, her on the forehead. nice now And then say that. takes her to the, yeah. to the party. But, but I imagine half the audience, even now, were expecting to sort of, yep. instead of going to the party, they're already in a bedroom. Yeah, yeah that's right. Good on you, Tom. So, Bravo, if you're um, good listening to this. <laughs> So I'd never seen the series, but I really appreciate that this movie was made and that brought us into an area where we would see it. I would never have appreciated the TV show otherwise. And now I'm curious about watching every episode. And we have a soap opera that suddenly makes a movie, but everything in the movie is interesting. Yeah. And I think that's brilliant. So what are we going for? I haven't given proper stars this, this, in quite this is, a while. This is true. No, no. I don't want to. Yeah, November hasn't actually. That's no, just not she's... a thing anymore. But but if, but, you did... but if I did, I'm, <laughs> I'm giving it three and three quarter stars. Hey, that's. A, I know yeah. you're right, but yeah, I really appreciated this view into this 40 year old show i'd say and i mean they have a lot of problems but i'm really happy with the way they dealt with the homeless i mean they're still racist as fuck and sexist as fuck but i'm at least happy with how they dealt with yeah a homosexual male relationship yeah. I... so footnote apparently this did get the first interracial kiss on australian television the hey. series not the movie nice. oh brilliant well yeah no of course it did did it also get the first gay kiss and lesbian kiss i don't know uh first regular transgender character played by a transgender actor later on yeah holy shit i i can't remember the character's name but the actor is carlotta who oh gosh yes Uh, nice oh wow and i oh gosh i know exactly what you're talking about now that you said that Mm. because this is the thing i i mean we've talked about how we struggle with the fact that even though we recognize the era in which some of the things that we watch are made we still have to recognize that we are watching them in 2020 or 2019 or 2018 but it was much easier to forgive the faux pas for me at least, to forgive the faux pas in acceptance of the leaps and bounds. And yeah. none of it in the movie, I mean, maybe the, the series will horrify, but none of it in the movie seemed to be there specifically for titillation. It just seemed oh, to be... Oh, I can't agree with that. Oh, okay, well, maybe not none of it. Sorry, that's... Sorry, yeah, there was nudity and walking in front of the camera. Sorry, what I mean is none yeah, of... Yeah, we weren't all sitting watching Rebecca Gilling in, in the shower going, no. <laughs> this is essential to the plot. Yeah, I need to know right. that she's what, clean. Okay, what, what, yeah, what I that, mean yes. is... Well, she wasn't because then Tom... Oliver jumped into the shower with her. What I mean is, is that 
it didn't feel like when they went controversial that they were doing it as a bump. It, it, it felt like a, this is an issue that is a thing now. Yeah. Let's incorporate this into the greater story and plot of what's going on. And while I haven't seen the series, I can imagine them handling it slightly before the AIDS crisis, so they obviously they didn't have to deal with that. But I can mm-hmm. certainly imagine them dealing with issues that were in the headlines then as a way of dealing, not necessarily as, well, a, as good actually, or a bad. Well, actually, no, but... because there was... I mean, this this is the TV show, not the movie, but there's an episode where one of the characters is experimenting with heroin oh. and they had police help them write that scene. Wow. So it would be accurate and also fucking scary. Okay. No, I... I... That was really... Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, and because I remember, of all things, like I said, I'm not a big absorber of soap operas in general, but I remember a specific episode. I don't even know why I watched it, but it was an episode of maybe Home and Away and I caught a bit and someone goes into a seizure and it turns out that they are diabetic. Yeah. And they collapse and someone comes over and they go, oh, my God, they're a diabetic. Look, here's their insulin. We should give them some. And one of the other characters says, no, 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 I was sitting there. They were drinking soda water for ages. It's not that they've got too much sugar in their system. It's that they've, they've not got, got enough. Too little, yeah. And this is one of those things that where you get a soap opera that goes for a long enough period of time and they begin to provide information to the audience. Well, that's... And- also an I American thing. Well. Buffy did it. With? The Beer is Foamy episode. Ah. Government money that helps push social initiatives. Mm. There you go. And, yeah, so I would be curious to see. It would be very disappointing if we start watching the series and we find it shit, but as a jump-off point to potentially going into the series because it's interesting. I'm not saying the series wouldn't be shit, oh, God. but that's just in my 2020 brain. No, and, yeah, I. but, yeah, I think as a... This is intriguing. Let's go looking further. Mm. Should we wind up this long-ass podcast? Oh, God, yes. Oh, yes. It's us. It's very long. <laughs> you probably have to put a little warning at the start to say, you probably have to go, this is a long-ass episode. Put on a nice, put the kettle on. Make a nice pot of tea. Put your Uber Eats order in now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, feel free to write in. Maybe you've seen more of number 96. Maybe you have your own feelings on the movie or all of it or both. Or mm. maybe, maybe you were in it. Maybe you're from Umbrella and you've got some good news about war episodes released or <laughs> VODs of chances. <laughs> Maybe you like the oh, box be better and you need to tell us that. Oh, curious too. The next few shows we're going to have Dealer's Choice. Three shows, three possibly tiers, and each one of us shall pick one to bring to the table. Not necessarily our favourite or the one we think are the best, just one we wanted to drop in and review. And first up, shall we hear in Callum's Choice, which will be Time Guardian from 1987. But until then, I've been Daria. I'm probably November. And as far as I know, I am still Callum. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Callum, Daria and November on Podsploitation. You can find more episodes of the show on your podcatcher of choice or at anchor.fm slash podsploitation. Contact us on Facebook, on Twitter or Instagram as at Podsploitation or by email to podsploitation at gmail.com. This month, instead of begging for donations, we suggest you instead donate to the Aboriginal Legal Service at www.alsnswact.org.au slash donate. Black Lives Matter. Theme music creation time by Kilo Cuts. Find and purchase their music at www.musicbrowser.de. Any road up, Nishtalatis were fair kadozad in the making of this cackle fakement. Postploitation is a moment of mayhem production.
altogether. Plus many, many others. And we make? Number 96. Oh, and of course the most important people have been you, the television viewers. And from all of us here to all of you there, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for all your warmth and wondrous support. Good night.